Guns, ready to ding your dinger? The world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. There's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gons as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Cry News Talk. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Today is June 11th, 2020, episode 207. And this week, Chaz, America getting crazy. America getting crazy? (laughs) We are getting a little loopy with these titles, and uh, my name is also Basil. And this is Gons. It's okay if we're loopy with the titles, because we're trying to summarize everything going on uh but also have fun with the we title we have to summarize the entire uh world in like three words well, four, well yeah three well f- uh, yeah three words one hyphenated mm-hmm. <laughs> hyphenated yeah. fake word but okay sure <laughs> okay all right how you doing gons are you feeling are you up for the challenge of the show I'm today totally ready uh we couldn't do a show yesterday totally. uh normal time wednesday and we can't do a show tomorrow, Friday, so happy to do something today, Thursday, and just get on with it. Because there's a lot going on in the world. So much going yeah. on. In fact, there's a couple, you know, I'm a little, well, everybody's a little disappointed we couldn't do a show yesterday. Um, but I'll talk a little bit more about that uh, in a little bit. But uh, if we did do a show yesterday, Gons, it would have almost been an entirely different show. Yeah. I mean, so much has happened in just the 24 hours since we tried well, to do the show well, yesterday. Part of it has to do with there wasn't any kind of mainstream reporting of the Chaz situation. There was obviously a right. lot of people talking about it on social media and, and whatnot, but nothing on the mainstream outlets, or at least uh, nothing big on it yet. So we'll, we'll cover some of that today, but... Uh, before we jump in, I do want to just quickly mention that I was invited back to hear The Watchmen, uh, which is a conference. Yay. It's going to be in Orange County, California, November 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th at the Hilton Irvine, Orange County Airport. And uh, familiar faces, Derek Gilbert, Dele Marzulli, Bill Salas, uh, Paul Begley, Sharon Gilbert, Dar- David Hevener, Michael Boldea, Joni Stahl, and the Bangos Worship Music. So... Head over to uh, hearthewatchman.com to uh, get tickets and stuff. Yeah, they they put on a great event. Yeah, and I can't believe it's already going to be a year since the last one, but there you go. And that's actually the time, right about the time the baby's supposed to be born, so I may not be able to like hang out, but I'll be there to at least present. So that's the plan right now. Well, I'll certainly be trying my best to get down there and uh, hang out at the conference and meet everybody and say what's up. Maybe record another episode down there. Who knows? Could be fun. Yeah, for sure. Are we uh, ready to go here? Are you going to do your flippy update or you got something else? Um, I wanted to do a quick thing because we get a lot of new people watching the show and Gons, we've gotten some criticism (laughs) a little bit. Well, (laughs) we we always get criticism. criticism. Uh, uh, so before before you comment, anybody listening or watching this afterwards, okay, the googly eye guy, we've been podcasting since 2012, <laughs> and he's he's a normal human being, and know. you know you don't have to comment every single. There's a guy that I, I don't remember his name, but he comments every single episode. Get rid of the googly eyes. 
Get rid of the googly eye guy. <laughs> I can't watch this. The googly I, eye. And people don't know. <laughs> I I thrive on <laughs> triggering you. It's, the more you're triggered, the more I I feel accomplished in this life. So yeah. uh, there you go. Just keep that in mind. Googly eyes are staying on. But uh, a different piece of criticism that we've gotten okay. guns, and and I'm glad we did because it brings up the the conversation I want to have right now, which is. You know, people being also triggered that we read from mainstream news right, sources. Right, right. Um, you know, they, apparently they come to the show and they expect us to just read all the same fringy blogs, you know, that they read all day on Facebook and they just want to hear us read it. Uh, but the point of the show, this show is not to disseminate, you know, every uh, conspiracy theory blog post we see throughout the week. Okay. That's not what the show is about. The show is about examining, uh, the mainstream, both the mainstream. We also read from some, you know, fringy stuff. And it's not just about reporting the news, but it's about deconstructing how the news is given to us and, uh, taking a wide look at all the media that's presented to us and making sense of it, connecting the dots, seeing where there's, you know, deception involved pointing out uh double speak and uh, mind control techniques and lies a lot of times um and you know it, it's it's about taking a wide look at all the media that's being put out to us including the mainstream because one of the most important things we can do is be able to identify the uh the the, the you know deception is a strong word but i identify the inconsistencies identify the biases identify all these types of things within all types of uh, news media and then connecting the dots to build a fuller richer idea uh, not just of what's going on in the world but you know where everybody stands and the types of uh, strategies they're using to further agendas right. so that's what we're about here on the show it's we're not here to just uh, you know read the craziest news we can find it's about taking all the news from a lot of different sources, putting it in context of uh, not just the, the world as it is now, but how it has been sort of in a biblical uh, sense and how it will be in a sort of prophetic sense. Right. That's the whole point here. Okay. Yeah, and, so and don't get mad that uh, <laughs> we, you know, we'll read, we're going to be reading from CNN. We're going to be reading from Fox. We're going to be reading from a lot of mainstream uh, sources, and that's because that's what the show's about. To all of us learning how to navigate, uh, the, you know, the bits and bites of media that are forced down our throats yeah, all day long. And that's very consistent with what I had been doing with the Face Like the Sun YouTube channel to begin with. Obviously, it's a different mood mm -hmm. with the show because you know, with you and I together, we're just a couple of goofballs here, and. We, you know, we, we throw jokes and there's inside jokes and, you know, we have fun with it, but, and I get that's a different tone from the, the solo videos where I'm not going to just sit there and laugh at my own jokes or make jokes when I'm by myself making a video <laughs> about something. It's just, it's a different type of situation, but it's okay because, you know, there's a time for everything. As the Bible says, Basil, time for laughter, yeah. time for... and. Morning. <laughs> That's right. You know? And a thing to mention too, just for all you YouTube folks, you know, who uh, came to Face Like the Sun to see Gons make another wonderful video. Uh, the reason we're, you know, Gons and I have been podcasting together 
for almost a full decade. So for those who are wondering who this new guy <laughs> this is, is googly with Gons, although googly eyes is the new, new guy who <laughs> the googly eye itself we've been partners for almost ten years now, doing uh, all sorts of podcasting. So uh, yeah, there you go. Anyways, just to catch everybody up. Right. Okay, yeah, I think it's time we get Let's into the show, it. Gons. And so everybody knows we're going, we give uh, updates on our friend named Flippy. And if you don't know, Flippy is the robotic disembodied arm uh, that, you know, are taking over our jobs and enslaving our children and flirting with our spouses. We use Flippy, who is a, a burger flipping robot. Um, from Miso Robotics to examine the broader categories of how robotics and automation and artificial intelligence are making their way into all of our lives, sometimes in very sneaky ways, and what that means for the rest of our life. So, Gons, today is a very interesting uh Flippy updates. This is from robotics.news. The article is titled People Would Rather Lose Their Job to a Robot Than to Another Person, says researchers. Mm. But what happens when all the jobs go to robots? Even podcasts? No one wants. Yeah, right. We all become podcasters. Either that, I'm saying, <laughs> what about the podcast jobs when they go to the robots? What then? What I then know. for us? Right, that. I think we're fairly safe, but someday there will be a podcast mm. robot and we too shall be relegated to the jobless. Um, okay. The article reads, no one wants to think about losing a job, especially if you're supporting a family. But interesting research has revealed what people think about their coworkers getting replaced or losing their own jobs to robots in a paper published in the journal Nature Human Behavior, scientists from the Technical University of Munich in Germany and Erasmus University in Rotterdam found that most employees don't mind losing their own jobs to a robot compared to another human. The findings shed light on the psychological severity of this scenario, which may vary depending on who will hypothetically take over the volunteer's job, another human being or a robot. For the first study, scientists interviewed 300 participants who were asked if they prefer losing their own job or having co-workers replaced by either robots or other people. When asked what they thought about having a colleague replaced, 62% said they would prefer to see another person take their co-worker's place. However, when asked about their own replacement, 37% say would they, they would rather have a robot take over their own jobs. For the second study, 251 volunteers were asked to rate how much negativity they felt about losing a job to a robot compared to another human. The scientists found that respondents tend to feel more negatively when robots replaced a co-worker's job than if they were to lose their mm. own. The discrepancy could be due to how the volunteers self-reflected during the imaginary scenario. Volunteers viewed being replaced by another person as a slight on their own competence, but they didn't take it personally if they were replaced with robots. Robots. According to the researchers, the participants may feel devalued and doubtful of their own abilities when replaced with other humans. If robots entered the picture, people might simply feel their workplace is only adopting more advanced ways of getting the job done. 
With robots, humans don't feel the need to be competitive, unlike another person. For the third study, the scientists asked 296 volunteers who worked in manufacturing if they thought they might lose their jobs one day because of some form of technology. Findings showed that at least one-third of the respondents felt like they could be replaced by robots. While a robot uprising does not seem to be an immediate concern, the paper suggests that most workers fear a robot takeover in the workplace. Amen! brothers uh, according to an employment outlook from the organization for economic cooperation and development an association made up of 36 countries across the world within the next two decades 50 percent of all jobs will be substantially transformed by technology this means workers will lose their jobs outright the oecd notes that at least 14 percent of jobs will be completely automated within 20 years on the other hand 32 percent of jobs may may drastically change compared to what they look like now. The researchers said that the most negative emotions came from participants after they were asked about the prospect of having their colleagues replaced with robots. Negative emotions like anger and sadness were more intense when the respondents were discussing the replacement of other people's jobs with robots over their own. They concluded that replacing human labor with robots or other forms of advanced technology may have unique psychological consequences that can be addressed if lawmakers offer counseling programs and support for future workers. Mm. So there you go, Gons. People don't mind being replaced by robots. Well, it, yeah, they don't mind being replaced by robots, but they... It, well, it's like a pride thing, right? Because they, they were saying, it, you know, it's, uh, what was it, less likely to be upset about a coworker getting replaced by a robot or something? Anyway, uh -huh. yeah. I, yeah, well, they they were less upset by themselves getting replaced by robots than their coworkers getting replaced by robots. But it's interesting how they put it in, that, in those psychological terms. I mean, that's something... You know, we talk about robots taking over the world all the time and we talk about the brainwashing, you know, that makes us love them and give them humanity and things like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a sketchy thing, man. If the robots come for your job, apparently you're not going to be that sad about yeah. it. It's almost it's like I would uh, I would much prefer that you replace me with a robot than me replace you with a robot. Whoa. Yeah. Sorry, I'm getting a text message from the wife saying that there's an Antifa oh. protest scheduled basically around the corner from from the house. Oh, that's yeah. fine. Hope get get the barbed wire out. <laughs> yeah, okay. Barbed wire and dogs. Yeah. Fortunately, our dogs et cetera, et no cetera. more dogs in our uh, in our family right now. But yeah. if those of you guys who used to listen to Canary Cry Radio Way back in the day, I did tell a story about one time where we heard some noise downstairs and I grabbed one of the dog bones, like the, like the real. <laughs> yes, your, your caveman yeah, defense mechanism. Yeah, don't mess. I'll come after you with the, with one of those really, <laughs> they hurt, man. I've that one of those things has fallen on my head. It, it's a very painful experience. So look yeah. out. I believe you blunt force trauma. A lot of ways. You to know do what it. else will be fun is if we. Speaking uh, of antique, if we, no, oh. sorry. If we, since you're talking about That's the flippy okay. update, if we get uh, um, that robot arm strap onto the chest thing, didn't we report on that like many yeah. episodes ago? Yeah, I think that thing needs to. We need to roll like that last thing out. Year. Yeah. yeah, we're ready for we're ready for one of those. <laughs> get, get some extra robot yeah. appendages. Yeah. 
keep people away. I like it. I like it. I know. But yeah, you know, the psychological side of it is going to be interesting because that's what it's going to take or that that's what we're going to encounter more and more as that switch starts to happen. So we'll see. Who knows? Maybe it'll be just a nice Star Trek universe where everybody, uh, you know, all the jobs are taken by robots and matter replicators and we just get to sit around and make art all day, guys. Yay. We could podcast every day. No, that's... Woo! If you remember the uh, Peter Joseph right. documentary, uh, what was it? Somebody in the chat remembers. It's the It was the third installment of... What was the big movie that that like tried to debunk Jesus to say he was the same as um, all the different ancient gods Mithra. and stuff? Mithra and oh, what was the name of the film? I can't remember the name. I'm totally blanking. Somebody in the chat has to know. Okay. Anyway, the third right. so zeitgeist. The point, thank though? you, General Drunken Stumble. I'm not going to say that last part. Zeitgeist. All right. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> zeitgeist. Okay. So the third version of Zeitgeist had uh, the whole thing about the central city where the robots control and, and provide the food and the clothing. And then there's concentric rings from that central robot, yeah. whatever, you know, factory basically allowing us to mm -hmm. just do art and thrive as humans because we don't have to work anymore. Yeah. So yeah, they're just, they're just, yeah, us. as if a utopia would actually make people yeah, happy. Exactly. There's, there's a whole philosophical conversation about that, but we'll save that for another yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But, Gon, speaking of Antifa. Get in the zone. Capitol Hill. AutoZone. Chaz stinks. <laughs> it's right. Capitol Hill AutoZone. Right. <laughs> so, everybody's heard by now. Now, here's the thing, Gons. The Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone in Seattle. This we had planned for the show yesterday, and it was very strange. We're going to read some articles now, but uh, all of these articles were posted today. Uh, just as a brief review for those living under a rock, um, and Antifa and Black Lives Matter and whoever you know is up there, uh, the police backed out of a, a district in Seattle, leaving it to the protesters, and they have more or less, uh, you know, experimentally seceded. And this happened on Monday. Uh, which yesterday, you know, being Wednesday, happened two days before that. And for two days, for three days total, not a single mainstream report on it whatsoever. There was one Fox uh, article that mentioned it, but the article was actually about the police chief stepping down and just sort of uh, peripherally mentioned the autonomous zone. It took mainstream media three days to figure out how to report on this, uh, if they were even going to report on it. So we're going to bring a couple... Uh, of those articles now we're going to do one from fox and one from cnn and see uh see what we're looking at so first here we go foxnews.com article titled seattle autonomous zone has armed guards local businesses being threatened with extortion police say 
Seattle police say they have received reports of armed guards and potential extortion in a self-declared autonomous zone that spans several blocks and includes a now-closed precinct. Quote, we've heard anecdotally reports of citizens and businesses being asked to pay a fee to operate within the area. This is the crime of extortion. If anyone has been subjugated to this, we need them to call 911, Assistant Chief of Police Deanna Nolette said on Wednesday. Protesters calling to defund the police and make sweeping reforms to law enforcement tactics have declared a six-block region spanning 13th Avenue past 11th Avenue near Cal Anderson Park and from East Olive Street to East Pike Street, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, or CHAZ. The region encompasses the SPD's East Precinct, that's Seattle Police Department, uh, which has a Abandoned, uh, which was abandoned by cops on Monday following days of violent clashes between law enforcement and protesters in the wake of George Floyd's death, as well as parts of Capitol Hill. Officers retreated from the area in an effort to quell the violence, which included multiple shootings. One that was sparked uh, after a man rammed his vehicle into a crowd of protesters. Police officers have deployed tear gas and pepper spray to disperse large groups of people. Quote, we wanted to be able to facilitate and support peaceful demonstrations, Nolette said. Demonstrations within the autonomous zone have been mostly peaceful with no reports of violence, but police say armed guards have been surrounding the perimeter of the region and residents who live within the boundaries are, quote, forced to show ID to prove that you, quote, belong there, a law enforcement official told Fox News. Speaking on the condition of anonymity because they are not authorized to discuss the unfolding situation, the official told Fox News some people living in the area, which includes numerous bars, restaurants, businesses, and private residences, have been, quote, begging for help because they are not being allowed into their homes without ID. Police have been told to stay away from the region unless there is a call to 911 for help. The official also added that leaders in the anti-cop zone are, quote, starting to extort money from local businesses within the border for protection. Mackenzie Diamond, who lives in the autonomous zone, told Cairo 7... Uh, the experience has been a bit stressful. Quote, it's like checking in with somebody to get into your own home, Diamond told the news outlet, just making it so people can get into their buildings, keep the zone however they want, and move the fencing so people can go home. Quote, no one at these checkpoints has a legal authority to demand identification from anyone. We ask if anyone is subjected to these demands to call 911 and report the incident, Nolette said. While Washington is an open care state, there is no legal right for those arms to be used to intimidate community members, she told Como News. Nolette, added, uh, Nolette also added that they are aware of the threats to burn down the East Precinct, uh, which she said would endanger residents, firefighters, and businesses. The police department is looking to start negotiations with the leader of the protest movement to gain access to the police precinct, but are unsure of who is leading the demonstrations. Quote, it's just a matter of establishing this dialogue. We'd love nothing more than to be able to open our precinct buildings, Nolette said. What we want to do is give an opportunity for everyone's tempers to calm and for us to approach the table with a view towards equality. Supporters of the movement have posted
posted photos on social media depicting a large but peaceful scene. Within the blockade region, occupiers have set up tents, painted murals, and have music playing from speakers throughout the night. One resident in the area told police that there were tents lining my streets, barricades littered throughout the intersections by protesters, and civilians walking around with AR-15s, an official told Fox News, and the noise has not stopped. Seattle Fire Chief Harold Scoggins, whose firehouse is a few blocks from the region, has been one of the only city officials seen in the area working alongside demonstrators, according to Como News. Quote, well, we got a team. We are working through this and there are some uh, there is some trust built and I don't want to compromise that trust. Scoggins told the news outlet on Wednesday. President Trump demanded law and order in Seattle as the scene unfolded. Domestic terrorists have taken over Seattle run by radical left Democrats. Of course, he said on Twitter, Trump lambasted uh, Democratic Governor Jay Inslee and Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin, urging them to take control of the situation. And then they post some tweets from Trump, but we'll talk about that later. Um, so there you go. The, the of course, well, I don't know what anybody would expect, but um, some of the more disturbing aspects of this is not, you know, just the autonomous zone. And here's something I've learned uh, throughout researching this. I spent many hours yesterday, not just looking at this particular one, but looking at the concept of autonomous zones, uh, the history of autonomous zones, and uh, all sorts of things like that. And apparently, um, these autonomous zones aren't that rare, Gons. Uh, throughout the world, people are, you know, the, these experimental autonomous zones sort of pop up a couple times of year um, throughout, you know, the whole world. So we don't hear about them that often. They could be happening in Tibet or, you know, places we don't get a lot of news from. Um, but apparently this happens fairly often in a lot of other places. Uh, but... One thing that was noted in the history of these things is they only end two ways. There's only historically only two ways that the uh, these autonomous zones go. One of them is they institutionalize, which means they create their own government and basically become the 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 monster they were trying to kill or the government just comes in with the military and takes it back <laughs> like in a so day. it's militant a either deal. way almost. Yeah, you know, it, it's this happens a couple times a year across the world, and uh, it never ends up very well. I mean, there are, uh, you know, records of autonomous zones lasting for, you know, like 10 years, it might happen. But like I said, that usually comes with institutionalization and... You know, there, uh, a sort of informal government uh, gets put in place and then you start hearing about these things that are happening in Seattle, which is uh, and we'll talk more about we're going to talk a lot about this autonomous zone. Um, so maybe I'll, I'll save the rest for as we as we come across. Yeah, it. I have a, a friend up there in the Seattle area and he, he was on a text group chat text thing with um, someone that's a PD up there. And um, uh -huh. he basically said it's the wild, wild west down there. So, Oh yeah. It's, uh, no, I don't, I don't doubt yeah. it. Um, and so be safe out there, but yeah, I mean, this is a, a it's troubling. I want to know. I really, I'm curious to find out 
who really mobilized this whole thing? Who, who, who set up the idea to, to start it? You know, cause once the idea spreads, you know, you got enough people protesting and whatever to like, yeah, good idea. And then help push the barricades in place and, and put up the signs and whatever. But I want to know who initiated it. You know what I mean? Like people always say, Oh, it's yeah. Antifa. Very easy to just call out Antifa, but like who actually did it? It's similar to all the, the looting and the, the violent, you know, the man with the black umbrella, the, the man in black with the umbrella that we reported on that started breaking the mm-hmm. glass of the auto zone, ironically named auto zone. Right. Yeah. Uh, which I think George Soros does own some kind of stock in, but anyway, that's what I'm wondering. Who was the initiator of this whole thing? Because there's protests happening all over the country and, or all over the world. And some of them are violent just based on, you know, whatever, just people getting riled up, uh, provocateurs and whatnot. But in this instance, there's a little bit more strategy in terms of what, you know, section yeah. to cut off and what, uh, what to do, what, what they're about and the whole deal. So kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because, um, you know, Capitol Hill in Seattle is actually a fairly famous district there. It's a, it was a, the site of a lot of LGBTQ, uh, stuff, um, within Seattle itself. So it's a fairly you know, during the, the the LGBTQ movement for decades now, it's kind of been the epicenter. And, you know, I, it's interesting because this didn't happen until the mayor agreed to pull the police out. That's the whole, that was one of the, the craziest things about this was this actually came about. It's only allowed because the police retreated from the whole precinct, um, they boarded up the windows to the police station and just left and let everybody kind of take over. Yeah. Um, so that's what Didn't happened the article, there. Did the article um, state about the, uh, who was it? The mayor or somebody? I saw the footage earlier today, I think. Um, and I think it's a couple days old now, the story or the, the, the footage. But basically he was told about mm-hmm. the, the Chaz and he was like, oh, I don't know anything about it. He kind of denied it. He denied it and it was like, really, dude, you have no idea that they've blocked off a part of the, anyway, uh, governor, yeah, the, the, Jay I believe Inslee. the mayor is a or woman no, named Jenny. Durkin. Jenny oh, maybe it was something. the governor. Yeah. I think it was the governor. Jay yeah, Inslee. Inslee is yeah, the governor. He was the one that, that yeah. <laughs> up there in the press conference. Like, Oh, it's the first time I'm hearing about it. Like, Oh, That's right. Funny. Okay. Wow. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, of course. That doesn't look no. good either way no, you cut it. not at all. Um, so let's head over to CNN. We'll take a, a look from the other side here, see what they're talking about. And again, remember, all these articles just came out today. This has been happening for three days with, uh, with no comment from mainstream news. And then suddenly today, it's almost like uh, they got approval. They're finally allowed to write about it because it's everywhere i mean forbes came out with it at washington post now and they all came out this morning june 11th um, which i think is suspicious that you know you would think with a story this big the mainstream would be scrambling to be the first one you know with a story about it and of course uh nobody apparently some they didn't have permission or something who knows so here we go this is from cnn.com the article is titled seattle police i was gonna play the jingle one more time but you can do it bro you can do it it. get in the zone capitol hill auto zone (laughs) 
<laughs> Seattle police want to return to vacated precinct in what protesters call an autonomous zone. So there's going to be some repeat info here, but I'm just going to go all the way through the article. It's uh, not too long. And there's some pictures that you can show. Seattle police want to resume operations at a downtown precinct. They left empty as protesters began occupying the area around it. The area around the precinct is now occupied by protesters. <laughs> <laughs> Great writing, CNN. Yeah, good stuff. Seattle police want to resume operations at a downtown precinct they left empty as protesters began, began occupying the area around it. The area around the precinct is now occupied <laughs> by protesters, some of whom are calling it the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. According to CNN affiliate Como, police boarded up the East Precinct building in the Capitol Hill neighborhood and left it unoccupied during protests over the killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis. Protesters have also hung signs on the East Precinct, Coma reported, some of which read Seattle People Department and the property of the people. But Seattle's Mayor Jenny Durkin says the city will not be accepting federal troops to move the protesters out. Quote, the threat to invade Seattle, to divide and incite violence in our city is not only unwelcome, it would be illegal. Mm. Durkin said at a Thursday press conference, she added that the majority of the protests have been peaceful. Her, her comments come as a response to Donald Trump's tweets earlier in the day. See, you, you know, you see CNN here. They jump right into the Trump thing right away mm -hmm. here in the third paragraph or so. Fox didn't mention Trump until the very end. Uh, her comments come as a response to President Donald Trump's tweets earlier in the day. President Trump had tweeted to Durkin and Washington Governor Jay Inslee, take back your city now. If you don't do it, I will. But Durkin responded by saying one of the things this president will never understand is that listening to the community is not a weakness. It's a strength. Meanwhile, the Seattle police chief is openly criticizing city leaders for evacuating the third precinct building in the city's Capitol Hill district. Quote, you should know leaving the precinct was not my decision. Police chief Carmen Best said in a video addressed to the members of the department. The video was posted on the police department's YouTube page on Thursday. Chief Best added that the city had uh, had other plans for the I'm sorry. Chief Best added that the city, quote, had other plans for the building and relented to severe public pressure and expressed her anger at how all this came about. She said officers spent days protecting the building before the city boarded it up. Earlier in, the new, in, in a news conference Wednesday, Assistant Police Chief Deanna Nolette said, we're trying to get a dialogue going so we can figure out a way to resolve this without unduly impacting the citizens and the businesses that are operating in the area. Officers are still responding to emergency calls in the area, Nolette told reporters. Nolette said ha uh, police had received reports that protesters allegedly set up barricades, quote, with some armed individuals running them as checkpoints into the neighborhood. Quote, while they have a constitutionally protected right to bear arms, and while Washington is an open carry state, there is no legal right for those arms to be used to intimidate community members, Nolette said, adding that anyone subjected to these demands should call 911. No one at these checkpoints has the legal authority to de demand identification from anyone, he said. Nolette also said police have, quote, heard anecdotally of residents and businesses being asked to pay a fee if they want to operate in the area. This is the crime of extortion, Nolette said. 
We feel incredibly strongly as a department that what happened to George Floyd was wrong and it was a crime, she said. We fully support efforts to improve police accountability and to work towards improved radical equality. On Thursday, Washington Governor Jay Inslee said the Capitol Hill protests were mostly peaceful, although unpermitted, and we should remember we are still in a pandemic. The area is largely peaceful, he said. Peaceful protests are fundamentally American, and I am hopeful there will be a peaceful resolution. Protesters in the area plan to stay as long as it takes to affect change, according to Como. Uh, many said they wanted to defund the police department. One protester, identified only as Rooks, told Como that the protests were not the protesters were not violent. "Quote: It's nothing aggressive or violent or nothing like that." Rooks said, "We didn't come out here for any of that. All we wanted was what is equal and what is right." Some residents and business owners said they were concerned. Como reported, but others weren't, like Christopher Dara, who lives nearby. There's people having teach-ins, talks, political discussions, he said. Kate Van Petten, who works at a nearby coffee shop, told CNN affiliate Cairo that Chaz was an anti-racist zone and that her business has been supporting the movement. Quote, we've been setting out free coffee for the protesters and doing everything we can to support them. Uh, the situation in Seattle has drawn the attention of President Trump, who tweeted Wednesday night that the city's mayor and Inslee are being taunted and played at a level that our great country has never seen before. Take back your city now. If you don't do it, I will. These ugly anarchists must be stooped immediately, the president said, Stoop. later adding that domestic terrorists have taken over Seattle, run by radical left Democrats, of course. So they got to talk about the same tweet twice in one article here. In response, Inslee told the president to stoop tweeting. He followed up Thursday saying that uh, what we will not allow are threats of military violence against Washingtonians coming from the White House. Seattle officials say there is no indication the occupied area is being coordinated by left-wing groups under the umbrella of Antifa. Interesting. Uh, quote, city officials have not interacted with armed Antifa militants at this site, but will continue to be on site to monitor the situation closely. City spokeswoman Lori Patrick said in a statement, it's unclear who is leading the protesters. Gons. But Nolet uh, said Wednesday that police were working to find a point of contact to establish a line of communication. So there you go. You got two sides of the same coin there, um, both mentioning that uh, there is some extortion going on with the businesses in the area, the demanding of identification from uh, sort of vigilante armed guards uh, at the borders of the autonomous zone. And uh, doesn't look very fun to me, Guns. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. Stoop. Make it stoop. Make it stoop. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it, it. There's a lot of. Um, I was seeing a lot of things on social media that seem to. Uh, I, I guess people on the ground in that area saying that it's not violent. It's not. They're like a lot of the extortion stuff's not taking place. And and I, and I and I did see somebody say that the the leader of this whole thing was uh, committed suicide. Did you hear about that one? Yeah. So I spent quite a bit of time researching that yesterday as well um and again there was no mainstream sources the only so there was the tweets and there was uh lots of social media chatter about yeah. this 
um, uh, and not so many media outlets. The ones that I could find uh, didn't seem, I mean, I don't know. They're again, just kind of like blogs, people's blogs writing about it. And it was another point. uh, It was actually an unfortunate point against the group. Um, Now, the reason why the Antifa has been connected to this is because a known Antifa member uh, was one of the leaders. And I think it was within six hours of the autonomous zone, you know, getting set up that uh, they started calling out one of the leaders as a a sexual predator. Mm. And this person is a trans woman, lesbian. Um, And hold on, I can't. Right. And so (laughs) there's a lot of that to figure out exactly. I what know, the biological yeah, situation kind of, is gotta, there, but go ahead. I know. Keep going. Sorry. So as a, a man who transitioned to a woman, but still uh, is attracted to, women. to other women. So um, she's a lesbian. Okay. All right. Got it. Yeah. Got it. You know, I just, it's, it's easier to just say they now, you know, <laughs> you're <laughs> so insensitive. It's hard to keep track. We're so, banned. We're going to be know. banned. I know. So they, uh, um, yeah, we're called out six hours after the autonomous zone was set up and there were a bunch of ex girlfriends of this person, uh, coming out, talking about how abusive this person was. Uh, and it ended with this leader, this anarchist leader talking or uh, posting about how, uh, they are a predator and they're never not going to be a predator. And so they're just going to peacefully end their own life. Mm. And I have not heard any updates on that again. In fact, really hard to find, uh, you know, the full breakdowns of the whole situation. You kind of have to go through a bunch of social media threads yeah. to do it. Twitter threads to find and I got, it. I got a couple of um, tweets. So yeah, they hit trouble right away. Yeah, and I got a couple of tweets that to just kind of, give perspective from just random people here. I don't, I don't know the credibility of these posts here. I'm just sharing it. So please don't think that I'm advocating, you know, cause sometimes people don't get that, but this person said, for those wondering about the Chaz, this is from real sources inside the zone. There's also a stream on Facebook, search Brandon Frost, see with your eyes. And it's like a whole list of things here. What's happening on Capitol Hill. And, um, what was the thing that I wanted to point out uh, has not been burnt down. I don't know who was reporting that it was burnt down, but uh, then local businesses have not been terrorized or extorted, which is counter to what mm-hmm. CNN was just reporting there. They're not out of right. food. I did see that they, somebody, somebody tried to give them food and, or give the homeless food there. And it was all taken by the leaders. Uh, yeah, well, no, the, the homeless stole all oh, the, the homeless food. Stole the they food. had uh, collected a bunch. Yeah, they collected a bunch of food for the autonomous zone people. Oh, okay, so I had it backwards. And then they invited a bunch of um, the homeless in the area to feed them. And then apparently the homeless stole all of the food, so they didn't have any food for well, anybody. I don't blame the homeless there. Uh, <laughs> no businesses do not have to pay protection money. Uh, no women are not being raped. Buildings are not being burned down. So I don't know. This is like ID check. IDs are not being checked. There is security because in yeah, case you had noticed well, the tangerine terror has devoted two tweets and one whole new misspelling. So yeah, it's very anti-Trump with this thing. I like that though. Right. Tangerine terror. That's a new, <laughs> that's a new 
way to describe <laughs> him. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's there's a lot of like, I don't know. There's just so many different sides and people on the ground there, obviously they're reporting it through social media, but it's more like with their own spin. And and the thing with that we always have to remember, we always mention it, is social media is only like a small, tiny sliver of reality, you know, and it's reality, uh, you know, uh, shaped by the person tweeting or sharing it on Facebook or whatever it is. So, you know, it's not the whole picture there. And um, so it, it seems like it's less crazy and violent. Like once it was set up, it just, it's just kind of there and they're not really, I don't know what they're doing. They're watching movies and stuff. Um, yeah. They set up a screen. They're watching uh, documentaries and stuff in the yeah. street. Sounds fun. Yeah. 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 It's like a big sleepover. Yeah, it is, it's a big party. Uh, Reuters pictures posted some photos of people walking around and laying out across the grassy knoll. And, you know, I just, I don't know. I mean, it seems very, on one hand is troubling, but on the other hand, I like, I've, I saw a few conservative types going like the communists are taking over and, you know, and it's like, maybe, maybe it was instigated by that, but I don't see anything that's not yet. Anyway, uh, don't see anything that is like blatant, you know, like a really uniform militia type of thing forming and, and that sort of thing. But there is a lot yeah. to be said. There's criticism for, for both ways is what I'm trying to say that the, the ones that are saying, Oh, oh yeah. my gosh, this is a complete takeover. Uh, to the other side of like, oh no, this is just a peaceful way to try to defund the police. I, I think both sides are sort of exaggerating their claims is you know what I'm trying to get at. Well, yeah, and that's that's the interesting thing about seeing the Fox and I, what we're when you talk about Fox versus CNN, usually you know you're talking about a left versus right paradigm on how things are reported. Both the CNN and the Fox articles. Kind of the point there. I made to make. I meant to make a bigger point at the time, but I forgot. I got too into reading it. They're almost identical. Yeah, and they almost have the identical spin. So what this is identifying is that this is almost not even a left-right paradigm issue. What you're seeing is uh, a mainstream uh, control. Uh, paradigm versus you know organic stuff coming from social media because usually when you pick out one story you know this is why we read from multiple different angles is because you can see the differences in the spin that each outlet puts on it but both cnn and fox posted almost the identical article with yeah. identical spin. So what you're seeing here is that mainstream in general, they waited three days to report on one of the, I mean, really, it's a pretty dang big story, um, but they waited three days to report on it. And then when they report on it, for some reason, which almost never happens, you have CNN and Fox in lockstep with each other. Well. So I think that they were barred from uh, writing about it for three days. And then the, the paradigm we're seeing is mainstream, you know, control mechanism versus, you know, basically everybody else. Yeah. You know, they're not trying to start a fight about if this is right or wrong. Uh, they're towing the same exact line. And, uh, you know, of course, they're a mainstream uh, control apparatus so they don't want the people getting any funny ideas. 
about uh, you know if this is a good idea or not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have another another story from uh, HotAir.com. Get in the zone, Capitol yeah. Hill Autonomous and this one, <laughs> the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone has already had its first incident of self-appointed police violence. This was published on yeah. the 10th, which was yesterday. There you go. Institutionalization, yep. man. It only took two days. <laughs> two days. Uh, earlier today, Allah Pundit, Allah Pundit, huh? is that an uh, Islamic outlet? Uh, wrote about the kind of seems like it yeah. real quick guns before you continue i just want to mention all you youtubers our uh, our numbers are a little low over on twitch today um so if uh, somebody wants to do us a favor uh I, you know if a good handful of you over on youtube could please head to twitch.tv slash canary cry radio we want to try to get our numbers up over there uh, it's going to help out the show quite a bit and unlock a bunch of cool new tools for us um so just as a as a favor if some of you youtube people um would switch over to twitch that'd be really helpful sweet okay uh earlier today Allah pundit wrote about the so-called capitol hill autonomous zone Chaz, which was set up in seattle after police retreated from a few square blocks the denizens of this new experiment in police free living were probably envisioning a utopia full of peace and community love Instead, they got a new self-appointed police force led by a rapper named Raz Simone. And I can't get past the fact that Chaz is run by Raz. Get in the zone. Capitol Hill. <laughs> Auto zone. Chaz stinks. <laughs> you always know when we have a new jingle that we like because we'll, we'll play, play it yeah, 13 times, times in a row. Uh, early this morning, someone posted a video clip to Reddit which shows Simone and a group of people confronting a graffiti artist. Things escalate, and eventually the tagger is assaulted by someone in the group and has his phone taken away. The video is about an hour long, but here is a summary created by someone in the Reddit thread. Uh, too long didn't watch, TLDW. Man was tagging over someone else's art, Raz, and group uh, approach and separate him from crowd, chasing him for two blocks. He begins to film them with his phone. They take it from him. He tries to get it back, and they attack him, kicking him in the head and breaking his glasses. At one point, Raz threatens to shoot the man. They then begin to gaslight him uh, that it was all his fault. Audio only for most of the end because woman in Raz's crew filming puts the phone in her pocket while the stream continues. Someone else created this timeline of significant moments in the video. I verified that this is roughly accurate, though some of the wording is slightly different than the actual video. And uh, I don't know if we have to necessarily go through the back and forth here of the confrontation. Um, but yeah, there was just a little bit of tension, glasses breaking and, you know, whole deal. Eventually, the victim yeah. of the assault uh, did get his phone back and stuck around for a conversation, quote unquote, which, according to Raz Simone, solved everything. Here's a brief portion of the video followed by Raz Simone's claim that everything ended with hugs and apologies. And there's a video here uh, <laughs> at the whole story six tweeting out this, uh, this, I guess, peace moment. Uh, and then Raz Simone actually re responded to the tweet and he said, this actually went beautifully. And we all hugged it out and spoke with his dad. His dad now wants me to mentor him. It, it was great black dialogue and men apologizing to each other, abandoning pride. We all hugged each other, cried it out, and it was beautiful. Not everyone is convinced this, quote, went beautifully. 
Some in the Reddit thread <laughs> point out that this isn't so different from the kind of law enforcement violence protesters have been protesting about. And uh, somebody posted, Raz is becoming the very thing people didn't want to begin with. Uh, people didn't want to begin with. And others are suggesting Simone is a de facto warlord. Who is Raz Simone? Yeah. And who is he and his crew accountable to? Anyone? Are they de facto authority here now? If so, doesn't that basically make them warlords? Uh, and you can watch the full clip for yourself. Most of the action happens via audio. Da da da. While criminal justice front of Chaz doesn't seem to be going very well, here's a list of demands made by the organizers. It includes abolishing police and the courts and refers to the Seattle PD as a terrorist cell. And it says in the quote here, the Seattle Police Department and attached court system are beyond reform. We do not request reform. We demand abolition. We demand that the Seattle Council and the member defund and abolish the Seattle Police Department and the attached criminal justice apparatus. This means 100% of funding, including existing pensions for Seattle police. We demand decriminalization of the acts of protest and amnesty for protesters generally, but specifically those involved in what has been termed, quote, the George Floyd rebellion against terrorist cell that previously occupied this area known as Seattle police department. There's strong words there. Uh, we've all seen this before. <laughs> sadly, if you were around when the occupy protests were a thing, they also believe they had created a new utopia of equality for everyone to emulate. And then it became clear that people were being assaulted, threatened, and even raped inside the camps. The lead camp in Zuccotti park, even set up a woman-only tent in an effort to protect women from sexual assault. But hey, I'm sure the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone will work out great. Instead of all the messy due process and police, will just have an unarmed rapper and his guys wandering around smacking and threatening to kill people who get on their nerves. What could possibly go wrong? That's a hot right. air uh dot com so yeah there you go it's <laughs> did you read through the uh the timeline of the video i did well i didn't because i didn't think it was necessary to really do it if you want to go through it you can well i thought it was interesting yeah i'll just zoom through it real okay. quick because yeah they're at the end they're trying to talk about how peaceful it was and how they handled the situation so well, well yeah yeah and things like yeah. that but just to go through i'll just go through the quotes of the th of the, the timeline of the video uh there's a quote. We are the police of this community now. <laughs> that was uh, Raz saying that. Then he says, for your own safety, you need to go. Uh, seems like a thinly veiled threat there. Uh, you might need a little love tap. A cutesy way of describing earlier assault. Uh, we got to the point where addressing the point physically was the best way to get our point across. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, then at 11 minutes, the video blacked out as the conflict heats up. Then someone starts yelling, what the F, uh, for reasons unclear, based on later context, this appears to be when most of the assault occurred, may have involved kicking, definitely broke his glasses. At 13 minutes, give me your phone and sit down. Uh, you just broke my glasses, I'm blind. If you don't sit down, I'll make you sit down. Uh, you just broke my glasses and stole my phone. You just broke my glasses. Yeah, we should have broken your face <laughs> in response. Wow. 
don't be making no threats, N-word. I'll blow your brains out. Nice. That was Raz talking to this guy. So, yeah, I don't know how uh, peaceful and nice it was, but this is exactly what we're talking about, the institutionalization of these autonomous zones. And, uh, yeah, when there's a power vacuum, somebody's going to step in and fill it. That's just uh, human nature. It's been happening for thousands of years. Well, George Orwell, the author of 1984, also wrote that book, uh, uh, animal farm and it's very similar mm-hmm. it was about oh, the, yeah uh, yeah it's basically the exact, exact story yeah i mean talking it's about literally you know the pigs stage a revolution with the rest of the animals to take over the humans because the humans are are uh you know taking or just taking advantage of all the animals and um it's a very right. powerful you know speech the old pig gives you know Telling, uh, telling the chickens like you're only good for food and eggs and your life is over and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, right. and, but then at the end, the pigs basically took over the house and all the rest of the animals, the horses and everything else that helped in the revolution. They were left outside. So, you know, it's kind of a similar situation here where it's, uh, yeah, I mean, just <laughs> let's take over. We're going to take over this area that is, uh, you know, for for the yeah. purposes of uh, freedom and equality and all this kind of stuff and, and and the police, but instead you got people running around saying that they are the police now. So great. Yeah. Well, I wanted to I wanted to actually take the moment because uh, as returning listeners listeners will remember when we reported on the community patrols going on in Minneapolis, right. I was very enthusiastic about that. Yeah. <laughs> and I just wanted to yeah. uh, I wanted to take the opportunity and I still am enthusiastic about mm-hmm. that. And uh, I was talking to some people in real life about the difference between the community patrols getting set up in Minneapolis and why I think that is awesome and this autonomous zone and why I don't think the (laughs) autonomous zone is very awesome. Um, Just as a refresher for those who um, didn't catch the episode. Uh, In Minneapolis there, the black community has been putting together community patrols, armed community patrols, patrolling their own neighborhood uh, because of the lack of police presence. Now, in Minneapolis, most of the police are, uh, you know, engaged in other things like controlling uh, protests and riots and things like that. And so there was a lack of police presence manpower to continue keeping you know actually you know protecting people responding to 911 calls and uh things like that for you know crime is still going on you know it's still a city in america um so black uh community members uh armed themselves legally and started patrolling their own streets in in small groups, uh, specifically to protect their neighbors from any would be you know criminals that would take advantage of the fact that police are all tied up with protests and riots and things. And you know that where we have American citizens legally armed protecting their neighborhoods and their their neighbors. I'm all for that. You know, I called it a. a libertarian paradise now i'm not saying that that's uh, a long-term solution i'm not saying that that's a, a you know a perfect system i don't necessarily think that should or would continue as the main uh 
the main source of protection for their neighborhoods. But in the situation where their city is, you know, burning in many cases and there's no police to respond to 911 calls, that's an okay way to go. You know, that's American citizens practicing their Second Amendment rights uh, for the right reasons. Now, the chat, the autonomous zone in Seattle, this is a little different. They're forcibly, you know, pushed the police out of a neighborhood where in a lot of cases it isn't the the people doing this don't live in that neighborhood. They're coming from other places and occupying this area. Uh, so that, first of all, is uncool. And they forcibly, you know, pushed the police out of the area and took over the buildings and, you know. All sorts of stuff like that, trying to set up their own government. Whereas in Minneapolis, you know, it's just citizens trying to protect their neighbors and their property. In Seattle, is a whole different ball game, and I don't think these things can be, you know, compared to one another. I mean, they can be compared, but they're not the same thing. Not even close. So. Uh, you know, in this autonomous zone, you've you've got a vacuum of power that's leading to, you know, similar types of brutality that they were fighting against, which always happens. And it's not a long term solution. Now, take even if I take a moment and, and speak from the well, the best I can, the perspective of, uh, you know, this this. Uh, fight for equality going on across the world right now in Minneapolis. These were black people protecting black neighborhoods. Okay. These were the people who stand to gain or lose the most from this entire thing, protecting themselves in a moment where, you know, police are not available to them in Seattle. It's mostly a bunch of white kids who pushed out the police don't want the police and are guarding the borders of this autonomous zone and asking for IDs and, you know, trying to, again, anecdotally uh, trying to set up their own tax structure by <laughs> extorting businesses and stuff. These two situations are completely different. And, you know, I, I think it's important to note that. Um, because especially for the longevity of whatever they're trying to do, this Seattle autonomous zone is not going to last. Whereas in the Minneapolis, uh, you know, citizen patrols, that's actually kind of a very American way to go about it. And, uh, you know, trying to actually keep the peace instead of start a revolution. Yeah. Um, and it, Again, back to the longevity part of it, you know, the, the Minneapolis community patrols, not that I, I don't think that that's going to become the norm there, but it's a much better example of moving forward versus the autonomous zone, which is basically anarchy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I feel like there's, there's so much, uh, just, uh, on all sides, there's so many different opinions about this whole thing. But in terms of what you're saying with uh, Minnesota and the difference here, um, I don't know. I, I feel like that. Well, obviously, it's different. Like I agree with you 100% that these are two different situations. One is more our, of citizens protecting their neighborhood. Mm -hmm. This is more taking over a whole precinct and and demanding and all this kind of stuff. I, I actually watched a uh, somebody posted on face or a YouTube 
uh, only had a couple hundred views. So I don't know if it was today or yesterday, but it was an interview, uh, kind of an impromptu phone interview with Chaz or no, I'm sorry, Chaz Raz <laughs> Raz, Raz in Chaz. And, um, he, he was talking about how he doesn't have a gun, but he has a holster and how the, the interviewer or just whoever this guy was, just some random guy, I think. And he basically asked, uh, Raz, Hey, so you guys put out a list of demands. What are you guys going to secede if you know, the demands are met? And his whole thing was his whole response was like, well, we're just, you know, there's different people that want different things. There's no solidarity. There's not like one, uh, agreed upon message here. You know, everyone's kind of got their own agenda. Uh, we just want to have, we want to start the conversation with the, uh, you know, the people that the, the authorities basically, um, and so it was very interesting that that was kind of like, okay, so there's no unanimous message going on from the leader, you know, like, right. what, so what exactly yeah. are you guys trying to accomplish? You know? And I think the guy asked him that and he was just like, oh, we just want to raise awareness. And it was kind of like the protesters line of, of thinking, like we want to bring equality and bring awareness and, and that kind of thing. And, and part of it, I'll have to, uh, maybe I'll find the clip, but basically he said that like, oh, I think we've done that job. We've raised awareness. We, you know, we were letting people know about the injustices and, and this and that and whatever. Um, but it's mostly peaceful and we want to have the conversation and, and, you know, so it was very different from the situation <laughs> that took place. But maybe he, maybe after this whole thing here where he chased the guy and, and, you know, he's caught on video, uh, threatening a guy, breaking his glasses and taking away his phone and, and basically being the de facto police, you know, a brutality, right. police brutality ish type of thing going on. Maybe he's like, that's not the right move and they need to back off. I don't know. It was just a very different type of response from uh, what I expected for Good a PR. leader to come out and say, Hey, Here's our list of demands. We demand this. It was more like, yeah, we just want to have a conversation. It's very peaceful. Right. I, I, look, look, I have a holster. I have no gun because I don't want to incite violence. Uh, but then I want to smash your face. You know, with this, with this guy, <laughs> yes, he, he doesn't agree with some it. conflicting, some mixed, mixed messages, messages there, going Raz. on. Raz. Come on, Raz. Get it together. Capitol Hill. Stinks. <laughs> and uh all right yeah, yeah. I, one you want to do one more little thing about yeah this? just real quick because uh there you know we're talking about other parts of the country perhaps um you know using this as a model to make mm -hmm. their own auto zones uh this is rt.com yeah. <laughs> and of course this is a, a russian outlet but we're, we're just going to report it from here because there, this was one of the ones that i saw that was interesting Watch Portland protesters abandon their own failed police free autonomous zone. They failed Basil. In Portland, they yeah. failed in Portland. Oh no. <laughs> Anarchists and protesters in Portland, Oregon, hoping to emulate their brethren in Seattle have fallen at the first hurdle or fence as they abandoned their own improvised autonomous zone before it had been established, which is really funny. Cause all the same people that were like, 
you know, down when Trump was doing the wall thing and they were like, oh, wh- what's yeah. with the walls, man? And they're all using fences to try to create the autonomous zone. Just yeah, think it's build funny. bridges, not walls. Yeah. <laughs> and then they start putting up fences. Yeah. Uh, haphazard spontaneous construction of the autonomous zone began during demonstration on Wednesday night as protesters erected their own barbed wire fences appropriated from city authorities uh, following sporadic clashes with police. So city authorities are just giving it to him. Anyway, uh, there's some bunch of tweets here. Police used stun grenades, rubber bullets, and other crowd controlled munitions to try and prevent protesters from destroying and repurposing sections of chain link fence outside of Multnomah County justice center. Last week, a federal judge issued a temporary restraining order blocking police from using tear gas against protesters. Uh, despite the protesters best efforts. However, the line did not hold And by the early hours of Thursday morning, they had abandoned their dream of setting up another autonomous police-free zone. A bunch of tweets. I I like this. uh, Somebody pointed out in the chat, but them putting up fences around their autonomous zone, it's more like caging themselves in rather than (laughs) keeping other people out. It is, truly. Uh, It was the 14th consecutive night of anti-racism and police brutality protests in Portland in the aftermath of George Floyd's death. Uh, Thousands of people thronged the city parks, bridges, and streets with various forms of protest, including a skateboard march. Cool. Cool. (laughs) Radical, dude. Sweet, guys. I can't think of a more white way to protest the the equality. (laughs) Uh, since the protest began, Portland has selected a new police chief and mayor Ted Wheeler has vowed to redirect at least 7 million of police funding to help communities of color with the final city budget vote to be held Thursday evening. And so there you go. Uh, you know, it's, it's creating, and this is going to be for one side of the the conversation here. It's going to be all look at the police state. They won this time, you know, uh, it's that whole division, the right, right left paradigm, the, you know, the, Equality versus the totalitarian state narrative. It's all very right. divisive. The divide and conquer uh, at play here. Yeah. And uh, at least for this in Portland. It always works, man. It always works. It always works. Always. Because it forces people to take a side, you know? Oh, you're, you're for the police? You're, you're a Nazi. Oh, you're for the yeah, BLM, well, you know, whatever. You're a communist. It's like, oh my gosh. Right. It's been interesting to watch how, because that's been happening, you know, yeah, that's pointing that out it, increasingly over the past, you know, four years, but mostly rhetorically right. and politically. Right. What we're seeing now is a physical manifestation of that same division, which is pretty interesting. Well, I, I, it's sort of moved <laughs> into the physical realm. It's funny because I mentioned on Twitter how, what we're seeing with a lot of the pro- like protesting in general, I guess social media was sort of a, a, a tr- not transparent, but a, a digital protesting space over the years as it developed, especially like Twitter, right? People are just posting stuff and sharing stuff, but now it's gone back onto the streets and with the context uh-huh. of social media, it's pretty funny to think about everyone holding signs, thinking it's going to change anybody's mind about it, you know? And like, walking yeah. around yelling at each other. It's basically social media out in the streets now. Um, but with, you know, fists and rubber bullets and, and all the physical <laughs> things there. So right. yeah, I, if it's not going to change anybody's mind through social media, I don't see how it's going to really do a whole lot with all these protesters holding up signs and a lot of derogatory signs too, by the way, from, from both sides, but a, a lot of the BLM crowd, right. I'm seeing a lot of like 
a lot of things that are pretty inflammatory, you know, things that aren't necessary when you, when you're trying to actually be peaceful, you know, or peacefully protesting, but your sign says like F the police, you know, down with the whole system. And it's like, well, that is, that is an interesting distinction. And I'm just going to follow their own logic, you know, because, um, within this part of the, the sort of education or the re-education is that words are violence. Right, right, right. You know, lots of things are violence. Violence is being sort of redefined in a lot of ways, you know, in order to serve the purposes of racial equality and stuff like that, where, you know, punching somebody in the face doesn't have to be violence. There's lots of rhetorical or verbal ways to be violent. And yeah, you know, if you compare that same logic to a lot of the uh, signs and the chants and the shouts and things you hear during protests. And yeah, I'll just say protests don't even need to bring rioters and looters into yeah. this, just protesting, you know, if words are violence, then, you know, if you're using violent words, then it's not an, it's not a nonviolent protest. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, if I can tell, you know, some people might get mad at me for that or whatever, but I'm just following the same logic here. Yeah. Well, we're going to get into some of the, uh, the, the cancel culture type of stuff that, uh, would, would play on the words are violent side of the conversation, <laughs> uh, because right, there is right. a consequence for what you say nowadays. And, um, that, you know, example, a being the face, like this on YouTube channel being demonetized for whatever we said, whatever, whatever we, it is, we for said violence for hate for harmful content. So there yes. you know, we're harmful. So harmful. The truth is the tr- harmful. The truth is harmful <laughs> to those in power. Gone. Well, you know, well, especially, uh, Jesus followers, you know, he didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. That's right. Yeah? That's a right. word. So, uh, do you want to quickly do a, a quick, uh, quick, quick, quick Twitch shout out? Just. Briefly, because we spent yeah. a really long time on that first part there, and uh, we, we lot, did. That was a little longer go. than expected. So let's take a very, very quick break. Don't go anywhere, anybody, because we've got uh, some very important uh, updates on cancel culture. You're going to want to be apprised of. But uh, before that, let's take a very quick break. Uh, break time. It's break. Come on, take a break. Okay, I want to give a big old shout out to some Twitch followers. If you are still over on YouTube or Facebook or someplace, Gons, why don't you drop the the Twitch link in there? For some reason, uh, Twitch numbers are a little low today. I I would appreciate it if, uh, you know, numbers are regular. We're getting. Yeah, but it's technically uh, not a show day, you know? Yeah, that's true. People didn't plan on it. So if you're uh, watching anywhere around the the uh, internet, why don't you head over and click on the uh, Twitch link we just threw in chat and watch on Twitch. It really helps us climb the charts over there um, and shows the helps spread the show. You know, we get the show in front of more eyeballs. But I want to thank some of our Twitch followers here. I'm going to go real quick. So Gon's ready to ding your dinger? Got my dinger. Okay, here we go. Uh, I want to thank these new followers. First of all, Hog Jim. Ooh, Hog Jim. Thank you very much. Be Good Broadcast. That's right. We got Tacticus79. Ooh, I like that. Tacticus. Yeah. I'm N2C. (laughs) Like the ocean sea or like to see things with your eyes? S-E-E. Oh, so see. With your eyeballs. Yeah. Oh, this one's good. We got Mom with a Sword and Shield. Ooh, 
Don't want to mess with that yeah, mom. But we, mom we're with still her, waiting for the mom jingle, by the way. Anybody? Asked, yeah, nobody sent us a mom jingle yet. We got. We need the mom jingle to do more mom stories. Okay. Ohio Lobo. Oh, Lobo. Thank I you remember, very much. Lobo. <laughs> I used to read the Lobo comic book. Not not the best for young young kids. Do you know about Lobo, the comic? Uh, Nope. Pretty, pretty intense. All right. Keep going. Sorry. Okay. (laughs) Well, more about that in the comic book segment. Uh, New, uh, new follower, legendary Rakshasa. Cool. Super dope all the time. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fun username. Super dope all the time. Tess Mandar. Oh, this is nice. We got Baby Boomer 1964. I like the Baby Boomers. We got Boomers, man. Once Android. Oh, is that like Pinocchio? Like once would, now human? We got a new follower, Synagogue of Hayton. (laughs) (laughs) Yikes. We got uh, Thwetner. Thank you, Thwetner. This one's fun, Gons. We got uh, Joe Biden. <laughs> nope. Let me start over. Joe Biden times. <laughs> Creative. We got Christine B. Three, three, three. Up, Christine B. We got Gare Bear. Gare Bear. Is that the Gare we Bear? Perry Normal. Perry Normal. Perry Normal. Uh, Aphotic Solus. Sounds intense. Yeah, control your donkey. <laughs> Curvitash. Curvitash. Um, we got Camila Ten. Thank you very much, Camila Ten. We got Dr. Keynes. We got Space Trog. Oh my gosh, so many. I know, we're almost done. Wait, are we almost done? Hold on. I'm going to have to say, oh my gosh, so many new followers. Uh, yes, we're almost done. Okay. All right, almost done. John Foo Master. Wait, I already, you already read, read no. John Foo Master, didn't <laughs> so, you? No? I know. I, I did. Uh, I messed up. Here we go. Big Blue Fan 7. And lastly, Red Light Runner. All right. Stay safe out there, Red yeah. Light Runner. Be careful, Don't, buddy. That's not a good, yeah. good strategy. And then I want to give a shout out to somebody in the chat, Manny J Plays. Manny J Plays. Shout out to you. Thanks for being here, buddy. Lefty Neuro Productions um, okay. wanted to shout out from YouTube. So there you go, buddy. Lefty Neuro Productions. There Been sub for years. For years. W-E-R-S. Yours. Yours. All right. Okie dokie. There we go. There's our Twitch shout outs and some YouTube shout outs. Thank you all for following and watching on Twitch. It's uh, really the best place for us for you to watch the show. So if you uh, if you can find it in your heart to break away from YouTube for just a second, they demonetized us. They uh, who knows what they're going to do to us sometime soon. So even as a backup plan, you're going to want to follow us on Twitch because you never know when the broadcast will stop going to YouTube uh, and then you'll just be live. You'll think that we'll never, that we don't broadcast and we will be, and we want you to catch the show. So go to twitch.tv slash canary cry radio. If you can uh, watch there now, that would be super helpful, but definitely do it as a backup plan. Cause you never know when we're going to disappear off of YouTube. Susan, which uh, we've lost, uh, our graces. We've fallen out of graces with Susan, which Oh no. There, CEO of YouTube. Like the real one or the one or our Susan was 
<laughs> the real, the real oh, one. Okay. What do you mean? There's not two different ones. Susan, which Jiki loves watching us on Twitch, but I have not seen her recently. And, uh, I've not seen her since we got, uh, demonetized on YouTube. So, Uh-oh. um, maybe, maybe go. she Who was, knows? uh, gotta... the mole <laughs> by uh, her, maybe. as herself. Maybe <laughs> not really, not really, uh, secretive there, Susan. We should pray for Susan. Yeah. Okay. Guns. Okay, okay, let's get back into the stories. What do you say? Let's do it. New jingle. Hashtag cancel culture. <laughs> and this isn't a, I, I don't have the full story here, but this is Wall Street Journal. And uh, we'll, we'll go through a bunch of the cancel culture stuff that's been happening. Adidas tweeted against racism. It's black workers say that isn't enough. Uh, oh. Yeah. Companies from Adidas AG to Esther Lade Co's. Uh, face pressure from employees to do more to confront racism and promote diversity as social activism over the killing of George Floyd moves deeper into the workplace. And um, mm-hmm. I, I really can't, well, I can read a little bit more here. Following the killing of Mr. Floyd last month, Adidas, like many brands, took to social media to speak out against racism. Yet, some black employees at the company's U.S. offices say the corporate culture at the German company is far from equitable. Uh, those sentiments were echoed at other companies in recent days. And that's all I can read without signing up to the wall street journal, which I don't want to so do. So is Adidas canceled now? I don't think Adidas is canceled, but uh, you know, I do, no. I do have this tweet. I thought it was a very interesting tweet because back on what day was this? May 29th. They <laughs> imagine this Adidas retweeted a Nike post Nike, what? yeah, isn't that crazy? Nike posted, wow. uh, let's all be part of change, hashtag until we all win. And it's got a little video, mm. seven and a half million views. And Adidas retweeted it and said, together is how we move forward. Together is how we make wow. change. That's a big, uh, for Adidas to retweet Nike, I thought that was like crazy, <laughs> but uh, not such enough. Such unity. I know, such They're unity. sending a message. I know, that that is unity, but no, not enough, not enough. And and I <laughs> wish I knew what the uh, the stipulations were there. Like, what, what what does Adidas need to do? You know, they already have, you know, they have athletes, black athletes that make millions off of their, their product. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not sure what they're supposed to do, but uh, none of this makes any sense, which uh, we, we decided to not include a couple different stories, including a pastor that got canceled, a U- UCLA professor that got canceled. And I mean, just, well, uh, pa- the pastor being canceled was intense. He, he, uh, you know, liked a couple of Trump tweets, somebody from his community. I don't think from the church, but spread the fact around. They, I mean, they scanned his Twitter and found some tweets that he liked from president Trump. And, uh, they were holding church in a high school and because he liked the tweets, they kicked him out of the high school, a big church too. They said he couldn't have church in the high school. They couldn't run any ministry programs in the, the low income housing districts. Um, And apparently this church did a lot of great stuff for the community. They did uh, free health clinics and free COVID testing and, Free, uh, free you COVID know, testing. Uh, food ministries and social work. And uh, because the pastor liked a couple t- Trump tweets, um, they kicked him out of all of it. They're not letting him care for people. They're not letting the, the, the ministries, the food ministries go. They're not letting the, uh, um, 
you know, the social work or the healthcare. They're just totally shut down. That won't let them even go into the housing projects or anything. Pretty crazy. And again, another example of sort of opposite day. Yeah, yeah. And the UCLA Man. story was similar because the professor, uh, a white professor, basically said he's not going to give, um, you know, uh, special favors or just a leeway for black students, especially ones that felt like they were affected with the whole George Floyd murder situation. And so uh-huh. canceled. Leave. Canceled. You're not Did welcome here. You know, so is he fired? Fired? I think so. I think he was, or he was huh? suspended. Wow. Either way, I think it was suspended. suspended yeah. Right? Yeah. But uh, well, Gons, have you ever done a CrossFit? Are you a CrossFit junkie? Uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of CrossFit, but but uh, yeah. Hashtag have you done it before? Cancel culture. I was a competitive swimmer, Basil. <laughs> Everything was CrossFit. Anytime we did anything on land, was considered I don't think CrossFit. You know what CrossFit is. <laughs> Uh, so this is NBC News CrossFit CEO stepped down after inflammatory George Floyd comments. So I don't know uh, if you're in the chat and you're into CrossFit, let us know. I'm just looking um, at the I th- I've gone to a CrossFit class, not for me. A little too intense. I didn't have the I didn't have the winning attitude to <laughs> to fit in. I like Nitro FZ1, same as Crossdresser. Is that what's, is that what's happening? With the CrossFit? No, that's different. The article reads, the founder and CEO of CrossFit, who has come under fire for tweets about the death of George Floyd and public health orders surrounding the coronavirus, announced his retirement Tuesday. Quote, on Saturday, I created a rift in the CrossFit community and unintentionally hurt many of its members. Greg Glassman, who started the fitness company, said in a statement announcing his retirement. Glassman responded to a tweet Saturday by the Institution for Health Metrics and Evaluation that called racism and discrimination, quote, critical public health issues that demand an urgent response. Glassman responded, it's Floyd 19. Your failed model quarantined us and now you're going to model a solution to racism. He tweeted in a follow-up, George Floyd's brutal murder sparked riots nationally. Quarantine alone is accompanied in every age is what yeah quarantine alone is accompanied in every age and under all political regimes by an undercurrent of suspicion distrust and riots thanks and uh booyah you you, reebok a major sponsor and affiliated gyms dropped their partnership with crossfit after the tweets gyms across the united states as well as places like malls and theaters were ordered closed amid the coronavirus pandemic and public health warnings being in close quarters can spread the disease okay now they're just telling me what coronavirus is and who floyd is (laughs) which we already know um Yeah, CrossFit on Sunday evening tweeted uh, what it said was a statement from its CEO that read, listen to that, CrossFit CrossFit on Sunday evening tweeted what it said was a statement from its CEO. So calling into question uh, whether or not this is from the CEO, I, CrossFit HQ, and the CrossFit community will not stand for racism. I made a mistake by the words I chose yesterday. My heart is deeply saddened by the pain it has caused. It was a mistake. Not racist, but a mistake. (laughs) Not racist. Okay. Uh, Quote, I was trying to stick it to the IHMEUW for their invalid 
invalidated models resulting in needless economy wrecking life wrecking lockdown and when i saw they were announcing modeling a solution for our racial crisis i was incredulous angry and overly emotional involving george floyd's name in uh in that effort was wrong so there you go anyways crossfit's canceled guns forever no he's the crossfit's not canceled but this guy's canceled and he retired so I mean, retiring, he, I think he's an older gentleman anyway, so he's probably like, ah, just retire. We're good. <laughs> yeah, the dude is super rich. Actually, I, I've seen some other articles about him, not related to this, but a uh, very interesting fella. And depending who you're talking to, uh, either awesome or uh, sinister. <laughs> right. But as that's our, not what we do on this show. As our so. most. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean... Not surprising. You can get canceled. You can get, uh, you lose your job by liking a tweet or by sharing thoughts that go against the status quo. I mean, that, this is part of, of the reason why. It's 2020, Gons. I know. It's part of the reason why we're so grateful. Fall in line. For all of our producers out there because, I mean, do you think Basil and I can ever get a real, like, real job doing anything based on the things we've said on air for the last 10 years? <laughs> like all anybody has to do is go listen to our show and be like, mm, no, no. Tinfoil hat wears. But you know what? The point is, Gons, that nobody could. Like yeah. The, if you go deep enough into anybody's social history, social media history, uh, nobody's innocent. Right. Um, you know, depending on how the intensity of what you want to, you know, pick out. But even just liking a tweet will get you uh, get you canceled. So, uh, you know, it's just another part of this, the problem, the cancel culture problem, which is, you know, we're holding people to standards. We're holding people, people's past selves to stand to ridiculous standards that didn't exist at the moment. And, uh, you know, also considering people irredeemable uh, or worthless in their current position because they don't hold uh you know, an idea that you also hold. Now, of course, there's uh, varying degrees of this and varying degrees of people who deserve to get canceled. But, you know, this is a complicated matter, Gonzo. Yeah, well, at least with some of these, with the tweets, it's like, all right, fine. You know, you said something that was inflammatory for some people and it offended people and step away. Okay, you know, uh, whatever. But but this next story, I, I don't know. Hashtag cancel culture. This one makes a lot less sense to me. And again, I can't read the whole story because it's another Wall Street Journal article. Thank you, Wall Street Journal, for not allowing us to read. stop getting Wall Street Journal articles. I know, I know. HBO Max pulls Gone with the Wind while Cops gets canceled. Uh, Gone yeah. with the Wind was pulled from HBO Max while a long-time running show Cops was outright canceled. Um, again, I'm not going to really get into it. But Basil, you had... <laughs> You brought up a point that was pretty interesting about well, Gone with the Wind these being canceled. Things. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A couple interesting things. So, of course, if you've seen Gone with the Wind, it takes place uh, during the Civil War era uh, where people had slaves and were fighting, you know, to keep slaves, things like that, obviously. Uh, I mean, nobody needs to be told that slavery is bad. I mean, we all know that. Um, but uh, Gone with the Wind being canceled. And, you know, 
some people are up in arms about this because it's a classic movie and stuff like that. That that doesn't even bother me necessarily. I don't know. It's an okay movie. It's an old movie. It's a classic. It's uh, won all sorts of awards. But the backwards thing about this, Gons, is that uh, Gone with the Wind was responsible for the very first African-American woman winning an Oscar. Was it winning so, or being you know, nominated? A, was it just nominated or winning? Winning, winning. nominated and winning wow. in 1939. Hattie McDaniel, she played uh, the the maid. Um, mm. You know, the the African American. I'm assuming she was a slave. I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen the movie, uh, but she played a, a maid and uh, won an Oscar. Very first African American woman uh, to win an Oscar, and now of course we're taking down the movie that was. Uh, you know, that makes a, no a sense. pivotal moment for black people in Hollywood. <laughs> so <laughs> makes absolutely whoopsies. no sense. Yeah. 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 It's it, another. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other part of it, the cops thing, people are already mentioning it in the chat, but cops defunded police reality shows canceled after 33 seasons, 33 seasons. There you go. The magic number, everybody. What are they trying to tell us? Yeah. I mean, just the whole idea of cops, canceled you know cops defunded yeah. cops canceled the defund very the police funny. very a- appropriate with the language control going on with uh <laughs> everything else happening so yeah of course as i mean i watched cops when i was a kid i haven't seen it Bad i actually boys. didn't even know they're st- didn't even know that they were still making them um but it was always fun to watch but looking back i mean the cops on that show treated everybody horribly i mean that's part of the fun of the show is you watch people getting beat up and chased and attacked by dogs and it's fun when you don't think about it but then you start thinking about it and it's pretty wild how that's just been a show anybody can watch on television just uh, you know get to watch a bunch of police brutality for fun well, maybe that's Which why. Which is kind of what people are doing now. Well, that's with the what I'm social saying. media stuff. Well, yeah, yeah it's I social mean, media yeah, before the, social media. But like, yeah, that, that's the whole point is that, you know, people who have this complaint about police brutality. Well, yeah, there was a show on TV for 33 years that basically right. showed. And I know, I know there wasn't always like, you know, physically violent. But of course, no, they, the crew they always, were always made looking sure for. To, uh, Put in a heartwarming story of somebody changing their life in there somewhere. Right, right. But it was always the, the best episodes, the memorable ones were always the one where there's a chase and guy gets tackled and it's a whole struggle. And, and yeah. you know, the more action there was, the better, you know, because it's, it's Hollywood. So, um, it, yeah, of course, it's going to people are going to think there's this crazy police brutality situation. And look, sure. police brutality is a problem. I'm not saying it's not a problem, but I'm saying that the perception of the reality of how bad it really is, is heightened or intensified with a show like cops. And yeah, you know, there's an, there's a podcast that came out a couple of years ago called, what was it called? Running from cops. It was a whole, um, a whole series, a podcast series, uh, from sort of an NPR type. I forget who it was, but it, it was very interesting. And it was, uh, it went through the history of the show cops, which is sort of shady. Um, right. but it also went through, uh, there's another show. I don't, I didn't know about this. Uh, I saw somebody mentioned it in the chat called live PD, which is basically, I think it's made by the same guy who made cops, but it's basically just another cops show. Um, 
and just really sketchy stuff with these shows and, you know, affecting people's lives forever, you know, because a lot of these people, they actually end up going to court and they, you know, aren't convicted, but they're famous. They're on TV. Everybody in the country saw them get you know, chased down and attacked by a dog and they have, they can't, they can never get a job. They can never get, you know, their, their lives are ruined because uh, they were on cops and there's all sorts of very manipulative um, things going on with uh, the releases, you know, the, the media releases allowing cops to use their images. Cause of course you can't just film criminals and put it on TV um, for a show like cops Uh, you have to get them to sign a paper to allow cops to air the footage. And they would tell these people like, Oh, if you sign this release and let us show this, we'll, you know, you'll get a reduced sentence or we'll let you go or something like that. And they would just lie to them. And, you know, a lot of these people had their lives ruined by the show uh, who were actually ended up being innocent and stuff. So pretty nasty uh, whole concept for uh, as far as, television production and the back end of the whole thing um pretty sinister uh, situation with life pd and cops i'm trying to figure out who like what kind of advertisers cops had that'd be interesting what kind of people funded the show or at least funded mm, the airing of know. the show um yeah can't find know. anything on my uh, quick search here but anyway yeah uh, the the <laughs> the bigger thing being that more canceling going on. Some of it warranted, some of it not, but certainly, um, you know, it's, it's interesting how there's the Freemasonic 33 imprint and, and the show cops being something. Yeah. Most people probably don't need a show like cops in their life anyway. Uh, whereas gone with the wind having, <laughs> well, you don't need it. Cause you just go on Facebook. Well, you now. go on you Facebook now, the, but it was, it was really police brutality. You want it, But if you think about shows like cops or, uh, what was the other one that was, very popular America's funniest home videos, uh, things like uh-huh, that. Yeah. It was basically social media before social media. You know, it was, it was, yeah, right. You know, showing the funny videos and, and whatever the clips and, and whatnot. So it was mm-hmm. all that before the internet and it set up the internet. I think it set up the internet culture. So there's no need for yeah, it anymore. Well, I, yeah. It, it at least, uh, whetted the appetite for what social media was eventually to, uh, able to sort of bring in mass. Right. Right. Um, speaking of which gone, speaking of social media, do you ever feel like you're being watched? Did you ever have the feeling that you were being watched? Always. This is from Especially Z- right now. Do you want to read this one? Do you have a thing on this article? Uh, not really. You can, you can go for it. Okay. I'll do the next I'll one. just zoom through it here. Okay. Zerohedge.com FBI combing through social media after people openly brag about looting on Facebook that I told you about the guy on my Facebook, right? So, yeah. The guy that was selling I, I, phones. I, did. I mentioned it on the show. Yeah. Yeah. There's a guy who's like got stacks of air Jordans and iPhones and, all of his uh, profile pictures are of just stacks of money. <laughs> and uh, it was like the day after the protests started, he started putting up pictures of like a bunch Not of good. iPhones and trying to sell sneakers and stuff. Who are you I'm hanging like, out with, Basil? Who are your Facebook friends? Uh, dude, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know really anybody on my Facebook. And most of them are listeners of the show. 
Um, so I, you know, if I see we have a mutual friend, I'll just let them follow me because, you know, whatever. There you go. You Got to f- follow your favorite podcaster on Facebook. Um, anyways, so yeah, I got one of these guys. I've yet okay. to uh, buy an iPhone from them. But here we go. Uh, FBI coming through social media after people openly brag about looting on Facebook. Anyone logging into social media lately has likely noticed a seeming deluge of virtual virtue signaling related to the ongoing Black Lives Matter and George Floyd protests. Often the same people. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Get to the looting here. There we go. <laughs> but a CBS Chicago affiliate has uncovered something truly new. People are now openly bragging about what they've looted from ravaged stores on Facebook over the past two weeks of uh, BLM protests and riots. Apparently, they're even trying to sell the stolen goods. Quote, selling looted goods on Facebook, CBS2 found it's happening right now with several videos and photos sent our way. The CBS2 report begins. We went... Uh, to uh we oh geez i gotta make my font bigger i'm getting old here we go we sent the evidence to chicago police and on monday night cbs 2's tara molina looked into what will happen next with the cpd and the fbi investigating apparently the fbi is now involved seeking to identify individuals involved in mass looting and judging by the fact that many are outright boasting about it under their names on social media federal agents and local police may have an easy time of rounding them up and making arrests the report goes on to describe that in some cases individuals in chicago have had their looting posts go viral One woman posted a Facebook Live video publicly on Sunday, May 31st, and it got about 6,600 views and 41 shares. It showed looting at a strip mall and a van filled to the brim. In a second public Facebook Live video posted days later, a woman stands behind the videos and photos posted on her her page, admitting out loud that she had looted. (laughs) She had called (laughs) out... She called out the people tagging police in the video (laughs) and defended her selling of the looting clothing and liquor, referring to it as (laughs) stole. Okay, I'm sorry. She called out the people tagging police in the video and defended her selling of the looted clothing and liquor, referring to it as stolen and saying it wasn't the first time. Quote, I don't give no expletives about this other expletive. I upload stolen expletive 365 a year. (laughs) She has heard saying this ain't expletive. First time I did this. Likely the above person has already had a knock on the door and may regret going viral with their post in the first place. CBS two actually aired some of the incriminating Facebook live stream images this week, seeking public help in the live stream. Uh, So there you go. Long story short, don't post about your looting on (laughs) Facebook. You dummies. That's just one Oh one. You That's how, 101 criminal <laughs> behavior. You don't tell the police about your crime. There was an old, I think it was a fake piece of footage, but I, I, I'm not 100% sure. But early on, there was, a, there was footage of, I think it was either the FBI or CIA or somebody saying like, oh, you know, if we, with Facebook, we don't need a, a surveillance apparatus. You know, they just do it for us. And people thought it yeah. was a hoax. I, I don't remember if it actually was a hoax or if it was a, a real piece of footage there. But, I mean, there you go. This is like an example of the culture being created. Uh, you know, the, the, the feeling of, oh, I have to share this on social media. 
and and boast right. about it and not thinking through the consequences. Ah, it's a public square. Yeah, you can. I mean, what else is new? Nobody. It doesn't seem like anybody ever thinks through the consequences of their social true. media. That's activity. true. You're right. No. Yeah, except the there controllers. They're all going. Yes, post all your crimes. Yes, so we can round you up. Execute order sixty six. And this is my. This is the the reason why the thumbnail. If you guys are wondering about why there's a giant tractor on the thumbnail. This is uh-huh. the, the wonderful story. I love this story. Well, isn't that special? This is rivercountry.newschannelnebraska.com. We find all of our stories from everywhere. Man claims Trump bulldozer Bible prophecy as he drives towards Omaha protest. What? Yeah. Yeah. Plattsmouth, a man, a Plattsmouth man who warned police to stay away as he drove a bulldozer to Omaha called country, called county dispatchers to identify himself as the Trump bulldozer Bible prophecy, according to court documents. An arrest <laughs> affidavit. <laughs> an, ar- an arrest affidavit says 39-year-old Chad Thiessen called a 911 dispatcher complaining of media inaccuracies following the 9-11 terror attacks and saying he wanted what he was doing correctly explained. Affidavit, quote, I'm letting you know I going to be coming through town in a little bit on a bulldozer out of Murray. Just so you know, I am the Trump bulldozer Bible prophecy. Uh, affidavit what quote is the trump bulldozer bible <laughs> prophecy <laughs> that's i don't know that's the name of his deal do they explain it what the well, let's just keep going quote i'm telling you dude stay the bleep away from me i got a megaphone i've got a bleep bulldozer the american public is gonna know that you can't be praying in secret while people are burning alive i'm pushing everyone out of the way the affidavit says Thiessen told the dispatcher uh, to have a bulldozer owner call him. He said the owner would not want to press charges against him once he learned the information. Thiessen would soon Did reveal. Did he steal the bulldozer? <laughs> a Cass County Sheriff's de- deputy attempted a traffic stop of the bulldozer near Highway 75 and Church Road, but reports that the bulldozer turned away whenever a patrol vehicle approached. The bulldozer went through fields toward the end of a runway at the Plattsmouth Municipal Airport with deputies in pursuit. Bulldozers don't move that quickly, do they? Anyway. No, but you can't stop them. It's true. I, the bull- I, think, I think they're faster than maybe we think. I maybe, mean, I yeah, especially on land, like regular roads. Yeah. The bulldozer nearly got stuck on railroad tracks, but continued south in the opposite direction of Omaha until officials convinced him to stop in a field. The contractor, Graham Builds, reported that the 2016 Cat Model 963K had been stolen. Oh, Eason, yeah, that's a doozy of a tractor right there. Thiessen had modified the cab with spray foam and wood enforcements. <laughs> Officials reported damage to the railroad tracks and taxiway and runway at the airport. The affidavit also says deputies recovered items Thiessen had dropped in the field from the bulldozer, including a large metal and foam helmet. Uh, and large gas canister, a homemade knife with knuckles taped on the handle, was also found. Decent is scheduled, <laughs> scheduled We've for got preliminary. Some very knowledgeable bulldozer enthusiasts in the chat. 
I, yeah, that's awesome. I want to know more about. I, I've, I I've only been, <laughs> I've only sat in one when it was not operational, so I don't know much about the bulldozers. Thiessen is scheduled for preliminary hearings uh, July seventh on charges of theft, possession of a deadly weapon, and flight to avoid arrest. Uh, so there you go, the Trump bulldozer Bible prophecy. We gotta keep an eye on this Bible prophecy. <laughs> I wonder what that one is. It's, I got somebody needs to send me chapter and verse on that one. <laughs> Trump bulldozer Bible prophecy. I'm just, uh, you know, for for all the uh, the different sides <laughs> of of the political argument here, this is a uh, this is another level. Like, can you imagine a, a, a guy? <laughs> With the bullhorn. Flippy official is uh, talking about in the chat. I, I think the bulldozer man and the 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 riot control B man need to team up. Oh, we're, hey, we're putting together quite a, we're connecting quite the an dots. Avengers, yes, an Avengers style. Okay, here here's uh, how we get rid of uh, we here's how we figure out Chaz. Okay, we bring Trump bulldozer Bible prophecy man. And we just, uh-huh. we equip him, you know, cause he's, he's in trouble, but maybe if he His can help out he'll... land supremacy, bulldozer yeah. land supremacy. And then we get the, the riot control B man and, yeah. uh, he is the air supremacy. Yeah. Now we just need uh, a <laughs> machine gun jet ski dude. And then we can have <laughs> air land and sea. We can take over, man. I just thought that was a, a fun story to, to mix it yeah. up because it's, um, you know, the rest of it's pretty depressing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good, Gons. I'm glad you're lighting it up here. I'm going to take a second. I'm going to head over to our back end here on Twitch and see if we have any more uh, Twitch followers. But either way, we should take a very short break. What do you say? It's break time. That's right. Just quick break, everybody. Don't uh, go anywhere. We've got a bunch more stories. We're going to be uh, talking about what's been going on behind the scenes with COVID-19 during all this mess. Um, and as you might have heard, there's a lot going on. But first, I want to give a couple of big shout outs and thank yous to some new Twitch followers. Gons, are you ready? Dinger is in position. Dinger in position. Here we go. Sable Marked Ferret. Thank you, Sable Marked Ferret. We've got Fire Alarm Boy. Thanks, Fire Alarm Boy. We got Little Allison. Hi, Little Allison. We've got Searfax. Searfax. We've got uh, Michelle23S. Wow, my eyeballs are going bad in this thing. Uh, (laughs) They're so big. I know. (laughs) Hannah Kathleen. Thank you, Hannah Kathleen. And those are our brand new Twitch followers. They joined during the show. So welcome, brand new during the show followers. Thanks for being here. It really helps us out to get as many uh, people following and watching on Twitch as we can still. You know, the numbers are going up and down a little bit. We're currently number six on the Twitch list. So not quite the, uh, the second place that we've been uh, holding for a few episodes, but that's okay. You know, what's we're the, off schedule. Uh, what's the the topic or the uh, well the, the Twitch thing? It's called talk shows or something. It's called talk shows and podcasts. Is the category okay. the category? Yes. There we go. That's the what I was category. It's a category. Yeah, so we're not we're, we're not we're not top trending on Twitch, right? We're, we're not. Uh, no, no. 
it's not a very podcast e platform. So not generally. I mean, they have their own category, but the, but yeah, not a whole lot of people watch it on there as of now. Um, but we're going to change that single handedly by whatever we do, but uh, we're taking a quick break. Uh, do you want to do a uh, Patreon stuff here? Or do you want to save that for later? Uh, we'll do that a little bit later. Let's get through the Rona stuff. Okay. We're going to speed through the Rona stuff here. Let's uh, what? COVID. Gons, the, uh, the thunder cunder in the Twitch chat is asking for your Celsius referral code. Oh, at this very moment. Okay. Yeah. yeah you if you want to do this, top I, I don't know it off the top of my head, but I can, okay. I can throw I'll, it in. I'll do this while you do that. we okay. it's always good to get referral codes out there. It helps yeah. support you and the babies. So we'll make That's sure right. to do that. Um, Okay, so this is coming from Fox News. The article's titled, Burks says dozens of coronavirus testing sites destroyed amid protests. Ooh, uh uh-oh. Dr. Deborah Burks, President Trump's coronavirus response coordinator, estimated 70 testing sites were destroyed during the protests related to the death of George Floyd while under police custody, according to a shocking report. Burks reportedly raised concerns in a conference call on Monday that the destroyed COVID-19 testing sites uh, serving inner city populations could set back efforts to contain the spread, according to the Daily Beast. (laughs) I like Fox News quoting and linking the Daily Beast. Yeah, they're wow. <laughs> Interesting. Based, yeah, based on a recording of the call they say they obtained. Burke said the destruction, quote, had already resulted in an in an appreciable drop in testing rates there, according to the outlet. All of the governors are going to have to scramble to make sure there is testing available in those urban areas, Burks reportedly said. The coordinator also echoed fears that the physical act of yelling could void the health benefits from wearing a mask, while Burks, in a separate June 3rd phone call with governors, said she did not see a big surge in COVID-19 cases following Memorial Day weekend. She was concerned about the impact of protests in metro areas, the outlet wrote. During the Monday call, Burks reportedly said, as the protests grew more peaceful, more at-risk populations began attending. She reportedly urged governors to ensure law enforcement officials who responded to the protests undergo virus testing, calling it absolutely critical. Fox News requested comment from the White House press office to confirm the Monday coronavirus task force force conference call, Fox News did not immediately receive a response. The Daily Beast account re- uh, surfaced after news of more than a dozen states in the U.S. territory of Puerto Rico recording their highest averages of new coronavirus cases since the pandemic hit the U.S. Hospitalizations in at least nine states have also increased since Memorial Day, according to the Washington Post. More specifically, Alaska, Arizona. Wow, they're just going to list a bunch of these states. Okay, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, California, Florida, Kentucky, New Mexico, North Carolina, Mississippi, Oregon, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, and Utah, as well as Puerto Rico, have recorded their highest seven-day average increases in new cases since the start of the pandemic, the newspaper reported. The uptake in cases and hospitalizations in states like Arizona, North Carolina, California, and Utah don't appear to be related to the protests. The Daily Beast wrote, 
Burks reported her team followed outbreaks in eight states last week, 38% of which were tied to community spread and 55% stemmed from places including nursing homes, food processing plants, and prisons. So there you go. There is uh, uh, apparently an increase going on in the COVID cases, but they are not uh, related to the protests because we all know that uh, coronavirus... Uh, doesn't hurt protesters. <laughs> social distance, unless it's for social justice. You know, it's been about two weeks since the protests started, so it would be right around now. Right, that it's too early. The protests. To... Yeah, if the protests were gonna were gonna cause an uptick on their own. I mean, it would start happening right about now. It takes about two weeks. At least that's what we've been told. So, you know, knows, if they, but uh, we're still seeing the problems with the the reporting of coronavirus. It's never been um, it's never been addressed. So how do you how do we even how do we even know what this report with the recording of these cases is coming from? Yeah. Plus, uh I don't know, Fox News just rounding up stuff from the Daily Beast and WAPO, or I guess it was, was it Washington <laughs> Times or WAPO? I mean, it's kind of like, what are, you, what are you doing? I thought you were supposed to be there. Yeah. No, no. Uh, yeah, ne- these- this is not necessarily a firsthand source here. No, no. And also, you know, the, a lot of people were mentioning it at the beginning of the episode in chat. Uh, oop, it looks like we dropped for a second there on the live streams. I think we'll be back Oopsies. in a second here. Yeah. Bring us back live stream. Bring us back. Bring us back. Bring us back. Uh, I think we're back. Okay. Um, one of the things they were talking about was if they do roll out a second, uh, uh, second wave and you have all this mm-hmm. civil unrest already taking place and places like Chaz, you know, popping up all over the country, it might uh, yeah. get real yeah. crazy, you know? Yeah. Might become totally. really insane. No, it'd be insane. I mean, you've got, there's got to be, you know, at least a million people have attended these uh, protests. I mean, shoot, I was at one <laughs> to bring the reporting. And <laughs> Made so, a big difference. I, I ate I ate some cookie some hippie lady gave me. Uh, yeah, it was not a special cookies. cookie. Don't worry. You can catch the last episode if you want to hear my boots on the ground reporting of... Uh, uh, protests near me. But Gons, there's other more exciting parts of uh, the COVID going on. I see, well, hit that COVID jingle, and if you got it handy, hit the money jingle. COVID. I don't have any money. This is ABC7.com article is titled as businesses reopen. Beware of COVID-19 surcharges. What? New in. Yes. Gons. You got to pay for the COVID now. Uh, COVID ain't free. I'll tell you that much. New information released on Tuesday shows Philadelphia is the hardest hit large county in the country due to the coronavirus shutdown. That is in large part because its economy is driven by the very small businesses that are most impacted by the pandemic. One way they might try to recover is by charging customers new fees. As businesses reopen, COVID-19 surcharges are popping up on receipts and bills across the country. 
COVID surcharges are popping up at service type businesses. I'm seeing them at restaurants, hair salons, dentist office, said Ted Rossman, a creditcards.com industry analyst. Okay. Some of the surcharges are steep. One restaurant in Chicago added a 26% COVID-19 charge in May, citing in- this was in May, uh, citing increased costs. The owners did say it created a lot of backlash on social media, and they later reduced it to 17%, down from 26. Still crazy. A Houston salon and many others have added a $3 sanitation charge, saying they're spending thousands of dollars in not only supplies, but safety training and more. Businesses also point out they've incurred incredible losses, of course. Uh, Not only were they closed for months in the reopening, Uh, They have fewer customers due to continued social distancing requirements. Quote, I think that they should do, I think what they should do if they need to do something is raise prices. I think that's generally received better by customers, says Rossman. They just want to pay one price. They don't want to feel nickel and dimed. But business owners say the surcharges are actually more consumer friendly because they're short term. They say, well, we just want to pass along the temporary increase, but we don't want to make it permanent. I think... That's well-intentioned, but I do think it misses the mark, he said. And uh, are these surcharges legal? In general, yes, as long as the fees are properly disclosed. And as far as advice from consumers, do look out for these surcharges. If you have a problem with a fee, complain. If it doesn't work, of course, your last option is to take your bills business your business elsewhere. Uh, have you seen this before? Have, have I have you not. been surcharged? I, I think I, don't I did. Think so. I think I got surcharged and I didn't even really notice it. I actually went out to a restaurant last week, like a normal Ooh. human being. Um, <laughs> and I looked at the bill. It was uh, $35. And then when I got my credit card back before I tipped, it had risen to like $41. Ooh. And uh, I, I was just in a hurry. I didn't really think about it. I just thought maybe I did a bad job. Um, <sighs> but yeah, I, th- I later found out that that restaurant was adding the COVID surcharge. So there you go. Money, 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 baby. You know what is going to be uh, very scary for a lot of people is because, you know, everyone's talking about the vaccine. And I started mentioning this on social media. I mentioned it on a video recently, I think. But the whole forced vaccination thing, like uh, you know, there's always like a, Hey, how are you going to do that? How are you going to force people to do it? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then also one way, it, okay, here's the reason why I bring this up, especially mm-hmm. in like a lot of the comment section with uh, a video I made recently about uh, the Celsius network and how they're trying to unbank you. Like you're, they're saying, Hey, yeah. unbank yourself kind of thing. And you know, a lot of people, criticize crypto and say oh it's the beast system and it's like well what's on the back of your dollar bill what if banks start to demand proof that you're vaccinated to access yeah. your account and that's yeah, that's like totally way more that. mark, that's super mark of the beastie like that is way more mark of the beastie than hey memorize a private key for your bitcoin or you know something like that well and it, and it doesn't even have to be as intense as your bank requiring it i mean think about this covid19 surcharge you right. could have a thing where you got to get your vaccine or your antibody test, and then you get a little card or a mark on your forehead. And <laughs> you uh, are vaccinated. If, you can yes, buy if, or sell. If you're verified vaccinated, then you know you don't have to pay the COVID surcharge because you're not a danger. 
But if you don't have your little vaccination mark or card or whatever, they however they want to do it, then uh, you got to pay the fee because you're a danger. You're a risk and you got to pay for it. Yeah. That's pretty... separation, man. You second class citizens. I know they're definitely tearing apart the whole society there. Uh, okay. <laughs> I am going well, I to about that, go but okay. on to the next story here. Do it. Did you ever have the feeling that you were being watched? Mm-hmm. This is a story from dailymail.co.uk. Uh, what happened to the story? Hold on. It's not the story that I was supposed to have. Give me one second. This happened last Are time, too. The, the uh, one above it? No, the story actually just refreshes or something. Tony Blair mm. calls for a new digital ID so people can prove their coronavirus disease status alongside yeah. test and trace programs as world eases out of lockdown. This is kind of what we were just talking about here. Yeah, he's jumping on the Bill Gates train. Yeah, people will need to form a digital ID so they can prove their disease status as the world moves out of lockdown, Tony disease Blair has said. status, oh no. Yeah. The former prime minister said that only if people can show easily whether they are clear of coronavirus will industries like international travel be able to restart. Speaking at the virtual COGX technology conference, Mr. Blair said that such a system would operate alongside track and trace programs as the economy reopens. The NHS's test and trace scheme was launched in England and Scotland at the end of May, but has been beset by problems. Mr. Blair had previously urged the government to set up a mass testing program, which would see the bulk of the UK population checked for coronavirus, saying it is the only way to prevent a second outbreak. Liar. Uh, You know, I think Israel stopped their contact tracing too, which was an interesting move by Israel. Oh, that Um, is interesting. They were one of the first ones to start doing it, huh? I know. Yeah, I think they stopped it, which I don't have the story on hand. But then uh, it says here, quote, you can create a digital ID today that is much more easily protected so you can deal with a lot of privacy and surveillance issue that worry people, he said on Tuesday. (laughs) Yeah, create your digital ID so you don't have to worry about surveillance because we will surveil you. It is a natural evolution of the way things, uh, the way that we are going to use technology in any event to transact daily life. And this COVID crisis gives an additional reason for doing that. Of course it does. I think people's disease status, have they been tested? What is the result of that test? And have they had the disease? Do they have the disease? Unless you are able to record some of this data in a way people can use it is going to be difficult to go back to anything like a near normal in things like transport. If you're going to start international travel again, how can you do that unless people can be easily tested and have some record of that test? There has always been a good case for introducing some form of digital ID, but I think that case is even more powerful today. Mr. Blair acknowledging the increasing use of technology risked leaving behind some people who were less comfortable with using it, but said the issue would uh, issue could be addressed through training and education, Basil. Training oh, and education. Yes, of course. We must train your mind to accept these realities now. Oh, no. Quote the digital divide you mean between programming. those. <laughs> yeah. What he meant to say mind was control programming was and mind control. Yeah. yeah. The uh, quote the digital divide between those that are familiar and can use the new tech 
well, and those who can't is obviously going to be a big source of difficulty, he said. However, he said people would need to adapt as some sectors of the economy would be changing forever as a result of the virus. Quote, I can't see the travel, tourism, hospitality industries coming back fast. I think bricks and mortar retail has probably had its day, certainly in its present form. He said, he's so negative. What's his deal? Last week, the former prime minister said the government needs to make sure or to make use of all available laboratory capacity and to support the rollout of rapid on the spot antigen and antibody checks. And it goes on here. Uh, Blair being um, famous for being one of the guys that said we need a new world order like many, many years ago. So not surprising that he's towing this line here, but I don't know. Just the words coming out of his mouth make it obvious. It's obvious, but then it's very uh, uncomfortable for yeah, well, as a world what they're trying leader, to do over there, it's you know, of course, a lot of people are making the the comparison with Bill Gates, of course, uh, being yeah, the, of course. the granddaddy of uh, you know vaccination IDs and things like that. But for uh, Blair, as you know, a world leader to be uh, you know talking about it is a whole nother ball game, especially when he's literally talking about. <laughs> reprogram your mind to think it's normal <laughs> we just need to educate you we need, we need to train you to accept the technology <laughs> yeah. yeah that's spooky i don't like it i don't uh, like it and and for anyone i'm sure at this point people all know about bill gates but we have this uh this jingle here we're taking things that are genetically modified organisms and we're injecting them in little kids arms we just shoot them right into the vein right into the vein right into the vein yeah so uh, creepy we just shit it right into the vein <laughs> funny so, so funny. funny bill gates yeah um, um do you want to do that about... other oh, i was gonna say do you want to do that story from the director's blog.nih.gov i can just do it real quickly just yeah, because sure. it's, uh, i don't know what it is right. i didn't look at it COVID. So this is the NIH director's blog. First, molecular profiles of severe COVID-19 infections. Uh, I'll just read a couple paragraphs so you get, you get the idea here. To ensure that people with coronavirus disease 2019, COVID-19, uh, get the care they need, it would help if a simple blood test could predict early on which patients are most likely to progress to severe and life-threatening illnesses and which are more likely to recover without much need for medical intervention. Now researchers have provided uh, provided some of the first evidence that such a test might be possible. This tantalizing possibility, it's tantalizing, Basil, <laughs> comes from a mm. study reported recently in the journal Cell. In this study, researchers took blood samples from people with mild to severe COVID-19 and analyzed them for nearly 2,000 proteins and metabolites. Their detailed analysis turned up hundreds of molecular changes in blood and differentiated milder COVID-19 symptoms from more severe illness. What's more, they found that they could train a computer to use the most informative of the proteins and predict the disease severity with a high degree of accuracy. The findings come from the lab of Tianan Guo Westlake University, Zhejiang Province, China. His team recognized that while we've learned a lot about the clinical symptoms of COVID-19 and the spread of the illness around the world, much less is known about the conditions underlying molecular features. It also remains mysterious what distinguishes the 80% of symptomatic infected people who recover with little to no need for medical care from the other 20% who suffer from much more serious illness, including respiratory distress requiring oxygen 
or even more significant medical interventions. And you know, this, this sets a bad precedence, uh, precedence in my opinion, because now it's like, oh, we just need a blood test, but you know, we, we need to make sure what kind of, uh, how bad you would actually suffer if you get the, the COVID, the Ronas, mm. you know? So it's almost yeah, like be even before you get it, manipulatively. Yeah. 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 Even before you get it, we must blood test you for that. So I just, I, I don't feel comfortable with the whole situation here, but yeah. yeah beans more, says more models and predictions, more models. more models and predictions from China too. Nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you trust Speaking of China, all of it. Speaking of China, what are we doing? Oh, we're doing the, we're just uh, doing some whack gene. We're, we're doing some whack gene. Where's my whack gene jingle? Oh no. Do I not have Uh-oh. it? Uh-oh. Uh, I do Did have you lose it. Whack gene. No, I didn't lose it. I just didn't put it in my new little palette here, but I'll, I'll get to it here. Give me one second. Stall, stall. <laughs> He'll get to it. Everybody kill Don't time. We're, we're talking. Okay. This article comes from IB times. It's the international business times. And, uh, the article is titled, is there a coronavirus vaccine on the way? What to know about testing of AD 26 Cove 2 S recumbent. Is that enough time? That was enough time. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. Uh, do you want to play this little clip on here? Or what do you think? Um, sure. Hang on. Let me see here. Uh, it's only a 30 second clip. So yeah, let's, let's see what he says here. Let me, uh, one of the things the president said yesterday is that we're very close to a vaccine. Now I know this is something you know a lot about. This is your job. How close are we to a vaccine? Are we very close? Well, I mean, the confusion again is we're close to starting a phase one trial to determine safety. We're going to do that in about one and a half to two months. But that doesn't mean you have a vaccine. In order to get a vaccine that's practically deployable for people to use, it's going to be at least a year to a year and a half at best. 33 second clip there. Ooh, the magic number. All right. Uh, International Business Times. Johnson & Johnson announced Wednesday it is accelerating human trials of its coronavirus vaccine candidate and expects to begin testing next month. The trials originally had been scheduled for September. Quote, based on the strength of the preclinical data we have seen so far in interactions with the regulatory authorities, we have been able to further accelerate the clinical development of our investigational SARS-CoV-2 vaccine. Dr. Paul Stoffels, J&J Vice Chairman of the Executive Committee and Chief Scientific Officer, said in a press release. He said efforts are already underway to ramp up production of the AD26-CoV-2-S recumbent vaccine if it proves safe and effective. The phase one and two human trials of 1,045 healthy adults in the U.S. and Belgium will run concurrently as a double-blinded study, meaning half the subjects will receive a placebo and won't know which they received to assess response to the vaccine and the immune response. Quote, the company is committed to the goal of supplying more than 1 billion doses globally through the course of 2021, provided the vaccine is safe and effective, J&J said. The vaccine is one of numerous candidates around the globe under investigation amid the coronavirus pandemic, which has affected 
<laughs> sorry, which has infected at least 7.3 million people worldwide, killing more than 412,000. The U.S. is the epicenter with nearly 2 million confirmed cases and more than 112 confirmed deaths. Nope. With Brazil catching up quickly <laughs> nope. at more than 739,500 confirmed infections and more than 38,400 deaths. China currently is testing two vaccines that uh, use a deactivated virus, while Novavax and Moderna are also testing candidates, and Gilead is testing a treatment originally developed to treat severe acute respiratory syndrome. In all, 14 vaccines and 130 therapies are undergoing examination, with 450 others in the planning stages. Dr. Anthony Fauci, head of the National Institute for Allergies and Infectious Diseases, on Tuesday called the coronavirus his worst nightmare and warned the pandemic is far from over. International work on a vaccine has been likened to the space race, and what? President Trump has <laughs> yeah, uh, who likened it to the space race. I don't know who did that. I haven't heard it. But uh, there you go. International work on a vaccine has been likened to the space race. And if President Trump has pledged to ramp up production even before regulato regulatory approvals are given, he also said he would use the military to distribute whichever preventatives prove effective. Don't do that, Trump. Don't use the military to vaccinate us. When a vaccine yeah. is ready, the U.S. government will deploy every soldier and plane available. <laughs> To deploy it, Trump said last month. Every soldier in plane? No, there's too many soldiers in planes. I call it the super duper missile. Incredible. He's going to release the well super duper vaccine. This, yeah, he's just going to load up the super duper missile and get us. You know, I've seen a lot of Trump supporters really lose kind of faith in Trump because of the vaccine situation. A lot of them are like turning Dude. against him. No kidding, man. That's what I'm saying. It's <laughs> between the between the martial law and the vaccinations. It is becoming it. Well, it would. I would imagine it's becoming increasingly difficult to stay on the Trump train. Maybe maybe he feels like he has he still has some wiggle room because his opponent is like hairy legs and you know more nonsense. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, well, well they yeah, really it, it certainly brought out incompetence. Sense. Yeah. <laughs> On the other side, maybe I can... that he would be feeling confident about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a poll on here, the ibtimes.com site. Do you expect coronavirus vaccines to be available by the end of the year? Yeah. Yes, no, or I don't know. Which one, which one should I pick? I'm going to say Why no. You... <laughs> I'm just going to do it. Like... It says yes, no, I don't know. <laughs> what an yeah, unhelpful poll. It's such an unhelpful poll. No, most people, 65% say no. So there you go. More, yeah, most people, you know, sixty-five <laughs> percent of people are professional scientists, vaccine scientists. Yeah, yeah. We got one more uh, COVID money thing here. COVID. theweek.com that's not like the week people that's you know like a like a week 7 day week okay Mnuchin testifies additional coronavirus relief legislation is absolutely needed oh of Steve course Mnuchin's 
Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin, which by the way, he has a signature on the 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 dollar bill now, you know, the paper mm-hmm. that they print. His signature is on there. And if you guys haven't seen the footage of him and his wife holding up giant sheets of dollars with what's his signature his, uh, on it. What's his position? Who is this? The, I mean, I know the name, but I think he's like is the, he in the treasury or something. I think he, yeah, I think he's a tre- yeah treasury secretary. Yes. Yeah, oh yeah. Treasury course. secretary Steve Mnuchin testified Wednesday before the Senate Small Business Committee, acknowledging that coronavirus induced unemployment remains too high and that more measures should be deployed to quicken economic recovery. Because obviously a bunch of people probably uh, cashed out during the the recent pump here. Quote, we're open-minded, but we absolutely believe small businesses, and by the way, many big big businesses in certain industries are absolutely going to need more help. I like how he slips in the big businesses, even though he starts with small businesses. (laughs) Mnuchin added that while he was pleasantly surprised that previously passed $670 billion paycheck protection program helped tether people to their jobs and stymie long-term unemployment, uh, more bipartisan legislation will be needed to inject money into the economy. From the secretary's perspective, the next stage should look a little different. However, whereas the PPP was passed quickly and was fairly flexible, if unclear about which businesses could receive loans, Mnuchin wants to specifically target industries that are having the greatest trouble reopening going forward. And I uh, just links to Politico to read more about it. Um, <laughs> but this just prompted uh, the the brr meme for me mm. in my head. Just more more money being printed. Yeah, but that's what it is. That's all it is. Print whatever you want. Give it around. Give it to all your buddies. Yeah, and that's part of the problem here is that um, Mnuchin won't necessarily provide a list of uh, the big businesses that he slipped in there that are going to receive more of the money, and he's not clear on how he's going to actually distribute all that money printing to the actual people that need it, the real small businesses that really need it. And some of them who didn't even get any stimulus the last go around. So eh, it's a mess. It's a mess. Yeah. It's all, it's all a lie. It's one we'll big see lie. How it goes. Yeah. Um, okay. Gonzo, <sighs> let's take uh let's take a quick break. We've got some producers. We got to thank. It's break. Feels like we've had more breaks than normal this episode. I think we have well, one extra long, we've break. Got, yeah, we're covering more stories than we usually do, which is fine. We're we're blasting through here. Bringing the value, Gons, is what we're doing because yep. we are a value for value show. What does that mean? That means that uh, we put out the content. We do it three times a week most of the time. And uh, if you, as a listener, get any value out of it, you have the opportunity to jump on in and uh, join the team. Uh, anybody who g- helps the show out in any way, you're a producer. We couldn't we couldn't make the show if we didn't have producers. And uh, I think it's time that we thank some of our producers now. Gons, what do you say? Sounds good. Got my, okay, my, now my, my, my gong you- ready. Oh, get the gong. Get the gong. I'm over here on patreon.com uh, slash CCNT for Canary Cry News Talk. Patreon.com slash CCNT. This is a great way to uh, help the show, keep the show going. We are your Im- uh, essential employees. This is all we got. And so we work for our producers. And uh, we had one come in uh, during the show. 
No, we didn't. Right. No, we didn't. It disappeared. No? Oh. We had one disappear <laughs> during the show. Oh. Um, but these are our new and upgrading producers since last episode. I want to thank uh, producer Valerie. Oh, where's the gongs? Gongs. There it is. Gongs. There you go. And we got a new producer, uh, Eyes2C. Eyes2C. Oh, and Twitch follower and a producer. Thanks, Eyes2C. Um, we got a new producer, Edward. Thank you, Thank Edward. Thank you very much, Edward. We got one uh, new pledge from Deb. Thanks for your support, Deb. You're the Thank Deb. You, Deb. And then we have an upgraded pledge from Valerie. Thank you so much, Valerie. Thank you, Valerie. Producer Valerie. That's right. It's hard enough to get new people to uh, join the the producing team. It's even harder for to get people to upgrade. So we appreciate that very much, Valerie. Yeah. And uh, I'm looking at the patreon.com slash canarycryradio. Yes, they're two separate uh, Patreon accounts. Um, we only have one since the last episode. Okay. And, uh, Who that? I, I'm very honored to have Marlon Brando. Oh, the Marlon Brando. The, the producer Marlon of the Brando. show. We should put that in the marketing materials. The show. <laughs> um, so there you go. Awesome. That's and uh, what about PayPal? We have anybody come in on PayPal? Uh, we have some recurring people, but uh, nobody, I don't think we have anybody. No new. Nobody new. knew. Yeah. Wasn't there a one time? Wasn't there one one timer that came in or no? I don't know. Oh, so. Marlon. Oh, okay. No, nope, I was thinking about Marlon Brando. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He's really, I just, he takes I just, over your mind when you start talking yeah. about this kind of stuff. But yeah, Thanks, there you go. Marlon. That's our support. So thank you very day. much to all of our new and upgrading supporters. You are producers of the show. We couldn't do it without you. And uh, so thank you very much. And guys, Gons has a new baby boy coming. We got to uh, we got to help support the the little baby. And uh, I've got some cats, and Gons has other kids. You know, we're <laughs> this is our thing. We're doing this three times a week. And if you get any value out of the show, it's you. You have the opportunity to put some value in. It's the only way we can keep the show going. The money goes to a good place, and uh, you know since. People have been signing up and, and helping produce the show financially. I mean, that's the only reason we're able to do this three times a week. I mean, it's pretty incredible. We've done like 60 episodes since quarantine started. It's nuts. Yeah. Um, and that's all thanks to our producers. Um, so thank you very much. Now, there's a lot of ways to support the show, to be a producer of the show. One of the ways is financial, very, very much needed uh, platform there, but you can also create, uh, stuff for the show. If you're a creative person and you can make jingles and you know, your way around some, um, sound editing software, we've got some great jingle makers. And if you are one of them, uh, you can make a jingle about any subject or topic or segment that we do on the show. Uh, or if you have a new one or you hear a fun, funny quote or something, uh, send it in, send it to canarycryradio at gmail.com. We'll play it on the show. Give you some credit. It's a good time. Um, looks like so we got a couple jingles in and I'm trying to, uh, Amos714 on Twitch was mentioning that they sent one, and I don't know if it was recent or older, 
but I yeah, do see a so, couple jingles come in today. Yeah, this week was a little nuts uh, for us, everybody. So we'll be getting to uh, the new jingles and some new artwork on next episode. So make sure to tune in. We'll be we'll be uh, displaying some great work from our producers. Uh, nothing new this episode. This this week went all screwy yeah, we, we on see, us. So yeah, we we see the 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 jingles come in. The food there's a food jingle and um, a Derek jingle i think okay great and, well we'll uh, be playing those on the next the episode yeah, we, we, we see them we'll, we'll get and to another it. way uh, yeah. to help support the show and help produce the show is uh with some artwork if you're an artistic person and you're out there you're some people doodle during the show some people uh have created some awesome alternative logos for the show um send those to us too because we'll put them on the facebook page they'll pop up in the newsletters all sorts of fun stuff uh it's a great way to get involved and uh, get some ownership of the show and that's really what it is i mean uh, when you support the show by creating something or supporting us financially, you're taking ownership. It's really a, a, you know, it takes a tribe to raise a podcast, Gons. You know, that's what, that's what my mama always said. <laughs> really? She told you, she knew about podcasts before podcasts. <laughs> yes, I knew it. Before, you guys are family of time travelers. I, I know. I've been saying it for years. Um, so there you go. This is, uh, it's really a, a community effort. It's a good, this is the autonomous, the Canary Cry autonomous zone where we, <laughs> we take care of ourselves Gosh. around here. Um, yeah. So thank you very much, everybody. And remember us for uh, next show. Ooh, my computer just dinged at me. Why are you dinging at me? Um, remember us for next show. We'll be back on Monday and, uh, be reading off some more producers there. So if you want to join the club, the elite group of people who help keep this show going, you can go to patreon.com slash CCNT or patreon.com slash canary cry radio. And, uh, but, you know, if Patreon's not your thing, we get it. A lot of people don't like Patreon, and that's why we have something else. It's called CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. That's right. And over there we have uh, PayPal. You can make a one-time donation. You can sign up for a recurring donation. Uh, or you can uh, send over some cryptocurrency over there. And that's pretty fun, too. We had some cryptocurrency come in. Uh, if you send us cryptocurrency, make sure to oh, send us an email right. uh, to let us know so we can give you a shout-out. Yeah, um, I think somebody sent us some, uh, some Dash and some Bitcoin, I think recently i'm yeah. trying to pull it up here but it's uh, it's not opening up as quickly blessed as i'd like yeah thank you to whoever sent chat. us the crypto blessed fringe in the chat says we should get a venmo so maybe we'll get a venmo we'll we'll put that out for everybody all sorts of ways to support the show and uh that would be great remember to do that let's see yep we're coming back on monday sometime between noon and five we've still got some more show today so don't go anywhere um but just so you know when to tune in again will be monday sometime between noon and 5 p.m pacific standard time uh the Montgomery Jones is asking to play the food jingle. I don't think you have it lined up, Gons. So we'll, I don't. we'll play I that. I saw on the, the next email show. come in. I think that was the one of the ones that came in from Yeah. Let me look yeah. here. The food. Yes. Mr. Magoo Montgomery. I think that's you. 
Yes, yes, I see it. There we go. Well, we will play yes, it. We'll uh, play it next, the next time. episode. Yeah, we just don't. Have and we it got some cool things. Show. Yeah, we don't have it loaded up. We got some cool things for the next show too for uh, some of the longer term supporters out there. So yeah, also yeah, make sure you tune in on the next show. We're gonna have um, some fun announcements and stuff. So jump yeah. in on that. All right, Gons. Anything else, or should we get on with the show here? Let's let's blah blah blah. blah. Are you okay? <laughs> Dailycaller.com. Biden spent $1.6 million in one day on Facebook ads condemning Trump for fanning the flames of white supremacy. Oh, wow. And, uh, that's, a, and that's a big bill. <laughs> It's a man. I want to spend. Imagine what we can do, Basil, with one point six million dollars of ad money on Facebook in one day. Just one day of Facebook ads. Yeah, one point six mil. We can reach. We can reach all the crevasses of the people that are needing the truth here. (laughs) This article is written by Chris White, not our Chris White, though. (laughs) Not our Chris White. I had to verify that. I'm like Chris White. What are you doing? Uh. But this says a former vice president, Joe Biden's campaign poured more than a million dollars into Facebook ads in one day, skewering president, president Trump for fanning the flames of hatred amidst protesters over police brutality and archive of ad spending showed the presumptive democratic nominee spent roughly the same amount of money in less than a week on Facebook as he did throughout the past year of his campaign. The New York times reported Monday, <laughs> somebody over there in the, uh, uh, doing his budget needs to, to, I don't know, reallocate some of the stuff. But anyway, Biden oh, spent 1.6. I'm 1. sure 6- they've got enough money to do this many times. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Biden spent 1.6 million on June 4th, tripling that of Trump's one day record. According to the New York times, the daily caller news foundation confirmed the report through Facebook's ad archive. Biden's campaign ad, which asked people to sign a petition condemning the president suggest Trump is fanning the flag, blah, blah, blah. Same kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. The attack ads have started. He's technically not even the nominee and the attack ads have already begun. Whatever happened uh, to, uh, when we, when they go low, we go high whole thing. The whole Obama thing. They, they pledged. That was Hillary, wasn't it? No, that was, uh, that was, um, Michelle. That was Hillary. Oh, I thought that was Hillary who said when we go low or they go low, we go high. Maybe it was. She said it too. Yeah, I, I remember it from that, from the Hillary campaign. But anyway, yeah, okay. I don't know. There's no, yeah, no, there's nothing. There's nothing consistent about anything in politics, especially from the left, but the right too. I mean, <laughs> it's all the same. The chat but, says one mil can't touch all the funny Biden memes. That's a good point. <laughs> I know. He has a that lot a of very memes he has to fight against. He does. Well, plus all the footage of him like fondling little girls. Okay. Uh, during yeah. press sniffing things. them sniffing their hair gingerly sure, tenderly sure. and whispering into their ears yes and talking about kids rubbing their hairy legs okay enough biden let's move on okay moving <laughs> on too much airtime the burnin.com oh do it again i stepped on it i'm your brain Okay, a little bit of brain news here. (laughs) MIT packs tens of thousands of artificial brain synapses in a confetti-sized neuromorphic chip. Neuromorphic. Crazy. Oh, yeah. All right, so we like to follow tech on this show, seeing how, uh, you know, the world is moving into a technocratic 
you know, establishment and how artificial intelligence and uh, the hardware associated will soon rule us all. And the article reads, the human brain is a marvelous thing. It's made up of billions of neurons that carry out high level computing functions in an instant. By comparison, computer chips are archaic. Nonetheless, chip makers and innovators uh, strive to replicate the brain in a piece of hardware. Researchers from MIT claim that their brain on a chip design brings us closer to that vision. A team of engineers found a way to pack tens of thousands of artificial brain synapses called memristors onto a single computer chip. Notably, it is smaller than a piece of confetti. Oh my gosh, that's too small, Gons. There are endless uses for artificial intelligence, period. That's the sentence. That's the whole <laughs> sentence. There are endless uses for artificial intelligence. Many experts predict uh, that it will be one of the most impactful technologies of the decade. However, AI doesn't always play nicely with traditional computer chips. That being said, it's clear that there is a need for a compact AI-oriented chip to power the devices of the future. The team from MIT believes that their brain-inspired chip could be a step towards filling that void. Their researchers published uh, their research published in the Na journal Nature Nanotechnology outlines the process. At the core of their innovation are memristors. Essentially, these are simulated brain synapses created using silicon. The MIT team also used alloys of silver and copper. Their unique product was a chip that is able to remember and recall images with a high degree of detail. Notably, the chip did so with routine accuracy that far surpasses a other types of simulated brain circuits. Unlike a standard transistor that can only switch between zero or one, memristors can take on a range of values. That trait resembles the human brain. It also allows the memristors to remember these states and recreate them over and over. The MIT team was able to pack tens of thousands of memristors onto the one chip. Notably, the chip was only one square millimeter in size. It successfully recreated a grayscale image of Captain America's shield and consistently altered a photo of MIT's Killian Court. Although those tests might not seem impressive, they are a positive sign. The researchers involved believe that the advancements could lead to a future where portable artificial brain computers could perform complex tasks on the same level as a supercomputer without the massive power or network connectivity requirements. Ji Wan Kim, an associate professor of mechanical engineering at MIT, has a bright outlook on the future of so-called brain-on-a-chip applications. He says, so far, artificial synapse networks exist as software. We're trying to build real neural network hardware for portable artificial intelligence systems. Imagine connecting a neuromorphic device to a camera on your car and having it recognize lights and objects and make a decision immediately without having to connect to the internet, adds Kim. It's worth noting that MIT isn't the only group working on this type of chip. Worldwide, tech companies like Apple, Google, Microsoft, and NVIDIA are also creating machine learning hardware. Intel's Loihai chip uses one 
1,024 artificial neurons to mimic the brain. Moving forward, the MIT team has big plans for its brain-inspired chip technology, Kim says. We would like to develop this technology further to have large, larger-scale arrays to do image recognition tasks. And someday, you might be able to carry around artificial brains to do these kinds of tasks without connecting to supercomputers, the internet, or the cloud. The cloud is the internet person. <laughs> that's that is all, and that's the end. Yes. So there you go. Got some uh, artificial pocket computers coming down the pipeline, Gons. Pocket brains, and it, there was a documentary that we watched called The Technocalypse, like way way back. I think uh-huh. it was in the first ten episodes of Canary Cry Radio that we talked about it. And in that documentary, they were showing these uh, little microchips and putting like little brain cells on the microchip to see how they would respond and how they would be able to, you know, utilize it. Uh, but man, I, I feel like they've come a long way since then, at least publicly with some of this stuff. And now uh, because of the way the internet works and supercomputers, they know what they want out of, you know, cramming everything into smaller and smaller sizes. Uh, but yeah, I, I can imagine uh, the type of uh, this type of device would become helpful, and you know, it's almost like creating um, what are those little uh, Illuminati one-eyed little things from that movie? Uh, oh my gosh, that is so vague that it's not going to help you mm-hmm. mention the name of it. But it's it, those little yellow people, little yellow helpers, minions, minions. minions. Yes, it's kind of like that. I feel like that's kind of where this is headed. Where. <laughs> Yeah, these little guys. Little minion to follow you around. Yeah, they follow you around, and they they have a good memory. They're little helpers, you know, and they can just help you out instead of always being connected (laughs) to the internet. So I don't know. It just feels like it's sounds like a blast. The minions are perfect, perfect toy for all the uh, evil people out there, the evil villains (laughs) that want (laughs) to take over the world or steal the moon or or whatever it was there. There's a lot um, of naughty, naughty chatters talking about pocket brain. Pocket brain. You guys, you guys, you guys, get your <laughs> brains out of the gutter. Okay, um, here we go. Yeah, so there you go. Some advancements going on there. And of course, you know, the smaller and smaller, you know, this is an entirely different paradigm for computer chips um, and computation, you know, with these neural networks. Uh, looking nothing like traditional computation or computer hardware. And that's why, uh, you know, we need them. We need them because artificial intelligence needs a brain. Gons, we need a brain. I know. Just more data collection and processing, just faster and smaller and more like the human. Uh, Funny how- You want to tell me about space? Let's do it. Space, 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 space. Want to go to space? Asteroid Bennu Discovery, NASA's OSIRIS-REx space probe eyes potential landing site. And yeah, we always keep track of these crazy names for these uh, alleged space vehicles and uh, OSIRIS-REx being something we've talked about in the past. The unmanned, because it's manned or it's driven by an alien, I don't know. The unmanned OSIRIS-REx space probe recently took a low swoop over the surface of Bennu, an asteroid NASA has been observing from orbit for the last two years. The spacecraft flew down to a region of Bennu called Ospreay, where it came within 820 feet of the rocky surface and shot 347 photographs later stitched into a mosaic map. 
always with the mm. stitching together with the map there. Um, and, and that seems kind of low, 820 feet. That's, it didn't smash into the thing. Anyway, mm-hmm. never a straight answer. Never a straight answer. Osiris mm-hmm. Rex is expected to dislodge and gather samples from the different parts of Bennu called Nightingale in October. However, NAS- NAS- NASA NASA will use this map to identify a backup landing zone within Osprey should something go wrong. The probe has been orbiting the asteroid since 2018 and has been preparing to collect a chunk of asteroid rock, which it will bring back to Earth in 2023 when the alien... Disc, uh, disclosure will officially take place. I'm just throwing <laughs> stuff in here now. The mosaic shows Osprey located at, in, the, in the crater at the bottom of the image immediately above the dark spot of the crater's center. Uh, okay, some pictures of rocks. Always super convincing, NASA. Pictures of rocks. <laughs> um, the swooping maneuver purpose, maneuver's purpose was to provide high-resolution photo NASA uh, photos NASA could use to identify the best areas within Osprey for the probe to a- obtain a sample should the procedure at Nightingale fail. A lot of fail-safe mechanisms going on here. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not much else to talk about with this one. I, they're, they're just, you know, mining well, space it's, rocks. Well, it's good allegedly. because uh, Trump wants to mine the moon and asteroids and james cameron's trying to mine the asteroids you know we're gonna run out of all of uh the good metal stuff under a under you know under our own rock here so we gotta go get it from space yep and uh bring back the alien microbes yeah the alien alien ants that are gonna you know actually oh man i'm doing really bad with names but i've talked about it before there was a show that uh, was not very popular, oh, but the whole premise here of the show. <laughs> what do you mean? Here we go again. <laughs> no, the whole premise of the show was that there was an asteroid rock that they, that they had brought back to earth and it carried these alien ants and these alien ants were crawling into the brains of politicians and making them go crazy. Oh yeah. So maybe it already, yeah. Maybe it already happened. Yeah. I, f- I forget what it's called, are. but yeah, I forget too. I think it's called brain something brain virus brain bug something like that anyway yeah there you go osiris rex uh they resurrected osiris to do their bidding and so there you go they're classic mining space rocks you um, tell us about official, some uh oh go flippy ahead the official in the chat says need more viewers it's getting down towards 75 that's right we're finishing yeah. out the show we got to finish strong folks over on twitch if you uh, aren't watching on Twitch, head to twitch.tv slash canarycryradio. We can uh, get those numbers up for just a few more minutes here. So we can end on a good average so we can uh, unlock the cool tools that will uh, increase the quality of the show, make it a lot more fun, uh, put a lot more interactive elements um, like, you know, the audience controlled jingles, things like that. Sounds like it f- sounds like fun. Um, but first, Gons. Let's uh, let it rain. Let it rain. Yeah. <laughs> this is from wired.com. Plastic rain is the new acid rain. You remember acid oh, rain? Oh, boy. I remember acid rain, yeah. I was yeah, acid rain. taught all about it. Elementary yes, school. Yes, it's going to kill us all. And now we have plastic yep. rain. 
Hoof it through the national parks of western United States, Joshua Tree, the Grand Canyon, Bryce Canyon, and deep, uh, breathe deep the pristine air. These are unspoiled lands, collectively a great American conservation story, yet an invisible menace is actually blowing through the air and falling via raindrops. Microplastic particles. Gons. Tiny chunks. Invisible enemy. Yeah, less than five millimeters long of fragmented plastic bottles and microfibers that fray from clothes, all pollutants that get caught up in the Earth's atmospheric systems and deposited in the wilderness. Writing today in the journal Science, researchers report a startling discovery after collecting rainwater and air samples for 14, month, for 14 months. They calculated that over a thousand metric tons of microplastic particles fall into 11 protected areas in the western United States each year. That's the equivalent of over 120 million plastic water bottles. Quote, we just did that for the area of protected areas in the West, which is only 6% of the total area, says lead author Janice Brainy, uh, an environmentalist, uh, sorry, an environmental scientist at Utah State University. The number was just so large. It's shocking. Uh, it further confirms an increasingly hellish scenario. Microplastics are blowing all over the world, landing in supposedly pure habitats like the Arctic and remote French Pyrenees. They're flowing into the oceans via wastewater and tainting deep sea ecosystems. And they're even ejecting out of the water and blowing onto land in sea breezes. And now in the American West and presumably across the rest of the world, given that these are fundamental atmospheric processes, they are falling in the form of plastic rain. The new acid rain. Plastic rain could prove to be a more insidious problem than acid rain, which is a co uh, co consequence of sulfur dioxide and nitrogen oxide emissions. By deploying scrubbers in power plants to control the former, the catalytic converters in cars to control the latter, the U.S. and other countries have over the last several decades cut down in the acidification problem, but microplastic has already corrupted even the most remote environments. And there's no way to scrub water or land or air of the particles. The stuff is absolutely everywhere and it's not like there's pla a plastic magnet we can drag through the oceans. What makes plastic so useful, its hard hardiness, is what also makes it an alarming pollutant. Plastic never really goes away. Instead of breaking into even smaller bits uh, that infiltrate ever smaller corners of the planet. Even worse, plastic waste is expected to skyrocket from 260 million tons a year to 460 million tons by 2030 according to the consultancy McKinsey. More people joining the middle class in economically developing countries means more consumerism and more plastic packaging. To qualify just how bad the problem is uh, has become across the American West, the researchers used collectors in 11 national parts, okay, etc. They tell us how they did it. So they filtered out a bunch of plastic from dirt. Uh, the article goes on for quite a long time, so I think we got the main points there, Guns. Uh, plastic rain, it's coming for you. Another thing to watch out for. Let it rain! <laughs> That's what I say. Let it rain. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. No. More, more yeah. fear. I mean, yeah, it's a problem, I, I suppose, but yeah, just more fear. All right. We got one more story, and I, I know that we've, apparently we've dropped several times today on the stream, 
And if, if it's bothering you, then uh, you can always go to the RSS feed on your podcatcher, whether it be Apple Podcast app or Stitcher or uh, Spotify, whatever you got going on to uh, hear a clean version of the episode. Uh, just want to remind everybody of that. And we got one more story here. He's a Satanist from one of the Satanist churches here where they sacrifice babies. And what do they do with the babies? And melt those babies into candles. I tried to, I tried to dig down or uh, figure out who that guy was. And I found the clip a couple times on like montages on YouTube, but I can't, I can't find his name. I don't hmm. know who this guy, he was like a televangelist guy. Hmm. Um, anyway. Mirror.co.uk, satanic student sexually abused children and forced them to eat human meat. Oh my gosh. Why are we yeah. ending with such a scary story, Gons? And, and if the people watching on screen, you're going to see something pretty crazy here. A university student led a satanic sect and sexually abused young people, forcing them to eat what he said was human flesh, it is claimed. Matteo Valdembrini, who referred to himself as the devil has been arrested in Italy after the shocking allegations came to light. The Italian media reports Valdebrini, who is also known as Il Diavolo, the devil, has been charged with 13, 13 counts of sexual violence, slavery, and having images of child abuse. Oh my he was arrested in the yeah, he was arrested in the province of Prato, is it Prato or Prato, in the northern Italian region of Tuscany. Uh, Valdembrini is accused of le leading a sect and convincing members to perform sexual acts with him by telling them they would receive supernatural powers. Oh, man, there's that, nothing new uh, under the sun. Seems right? to be a common, seems to be a common uh, tactic. Yeah, and he, there's a picture of him. I, I don't know if this is him, uh, but it's allegedly him wearing an Anubis mask. Anubis being one of the Egyptian gods. Yeah, you know what's uh, kind of silly report, about that picture? That little uh, emblem on the forehead of Anubis looks like the Assassin's Creed video game logo. Yeah, I was going to say it looks kind of like the Space Force logo, too. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, according to the report, he, fa uh, he forced a 13, at least 13 young people, some age 17, uh, to suffer uh, horrible things that we know we mentioned several times in the article. Now, local media reports uh, report the suspect who was studying in uh, at Firenze University Firenze. told his victims Firenze University told his victims Firenze. they had been chosen. They had been chosen to save the world. It's mm. like a horrible movie script already. Yeah, uh, he's it he reportedly like selected. Script. Uh, his victims by looking for vulnerable people online through word of mouth. He is alleged to have created a resurrection ritual where he would be mm. strangled by new members of the sect before pretending to be dead and then standing up as if resurrected. He reportedly <laughs> threatened lame. his. <laughs> you wouldn't buy it. You wouldn't, you wouldn't fall for it. Yeah. You, if, he, just... if this guy was like, he pretends to be dead as he do close his eyes and stick his tongue out. But you got me. But he reportedly threatened his victims to stop them reporting the abuse and told one girl she had to have sex with him or her seven-year-old sister and parents would die. That is horrible. Mm. 
The victims mm-hmm. were reportedly told, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, told to have sex to get rid of their demons, which is a common trait in these sort of like satanic sex cults. Uh, a yeah. local newspaper courier reports uh, that on New Year's Eve 2018, the victims were told to eat human meat he claimed to have bought from a man selling bodies in Florence. Yikes. Unclear if the meat was really human flesh. Victims were reportedly fo- forced to send naked pictures. Bad, 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 bad man. Bad, bad person. Bad man. So arrested. Fantastic. Yeah, it took took him long enough. And if and the picture of the guy, I mean, he looks like a like a good looking dude, you know. Totally. Well, I mean, just a guy that's. Well, now that you've read the article. Um, but there you go. That's our. uh, And babies into candles. And also, uh, demonic power. He's got creepy eyes, man. He's got. He does have creepy eyes, but in that that photo, creepy satanist eyes. I don't like it. What exactly are the traits of a Satanist eyes? I don't know. Just look at them, man. Those, that's it. Those are them. If not googly eyes. Googly no. eyes are Satanist eyes. These are, these are my, these are uh, innocent eyes. Look how, in, I look like a minion. You look like a minion or you look like um, those old Sumerian statues of Inanna, you know, <laughs> okay. where they drew all the eyeballs all huge. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you got to stop putting these Satanist uh, articles at the end, man, because we, we always stopped? end on these Satanist articles, and it's all spooky and scary. Okay, well, do you want to do a fun one then? I'm looking. I'm seeing what I, what I got laying around here. Uh, not, there's not much of a fun, fun no, article to go with. I don't really have anything else. Oh, well. Well, there was, there was this story that um, I don't think we talked about it, and actually, the article is really disappointing, so that's why I didn't really uh, include it. But there was a guy dressed as a Grim Reaper that walked around the Florida beaches for the Rona. Did you hear about mm-hmm. this guy? Um, no. Tell me about it. Okay, so Deseret.com, which is actually a, uh, I think it's a, it's a uh, Mormon outlet, the Church of Latter-day Saints outlet. Remember the Florida lawyer posing as the Grim Reaper? He just joined protests in Florida. Wow. And again, kind of a disappointing story. And there's a picture of a, <laughs> of a guy. There he is dressed in his black robe as the Grim Reaper and with the whole, the whole garb walking the beaches and like some kid with a surfboard like, huh? What's going on? <laughs> the lawyer who went viral for Posing as the Grim Reaper of Florida's beaches recently attended crowded protests. What's going on? Attorney Daniel Ulfelder went viral in April for dressing up as the Grim Reaper and visiting beaches in Florida. As I reported for the Deseret News, uh, Ulfelder planned to dress up to spread awareness about the coronavirus and how deadly it can be. He wrote, quote, Many of you have asked if I am willing to travel around Florida wearing Grim Reaper attire to the beaches and other areas of the state opening up prematurely? The answer is absolutely yes. Beginning May 1st. Oh, May Day. May Day. We will hit the road here in state. Please retweet and spread the word. But this week, Ulfelder posted a few photos and videos of himself attending protests in Florida over the death of George Floyd, racial injustice, and police brutality, according to Fox News. He wrote... Definiac Springs, Florida. Huge crowd. Stay hopeful and stay strong. And there he is wearing the uh, I Can't Breathe t-shirt and 
Black Lives Matter and the mask, and he's not in his Grim Reaper outfit, which is kind of disappointing. I was hoping that he was oh, yeah. going to these protests. What's you even know, the in, point? In full if costume. he's not in the Grim Reaper costume. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. This this was a very disappointing article. This is which is why we did not include it in the mix. But uh, okay, you wanted well, to end in something a little more fun. One. So uh, less Satanist, more guy in Grim Reaper costume. <laughs> Great. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we'll uh, we'll we'll end it there. This has been a long one. What are, what are we at? Yeah, oh, yeah. So we're almost we're at, at three, three hours. hours. Holy smokes! Yeah, yeah let's get out of yeah. here. We got to eat some dinner. Thanks everybody yep. for tuning in to this episode of Canary Cry News Talk. Remember, you can support the show, help produce the show by going to patreon.com uh, slash ccnt for Canary Cry News Talk and support us there. There's uh, fun stuff. There's a bunch of bonus episodes, but more importantly, you can. Take ownership of the podcast, your podcast, and we'll be back here on Monday. So uh, tune in and help out, and we'll be giving more shout-outs. I want to give one last shout-out to uh, a new Twitch user that joined. Uh, there's two of them here. One of them is Get Saved Now. And Oops, wrong one. Uh, this, this is a fun one. We got a fact, <laughs> fact checker bot. Now following on Twitch. So good. We need a fact checker bot, of course. Yeah, so that's awesome. And remember, there's lots of other ways to support the show. You can send in jingles. You can send in art. Help produce the show in all sorts of ways. You can send those to canarycryradio at gmail.com. And also, remember, you can go to canarycryradio.com slash support. Canary! CryRadio.com slash support. Yeah. Uh, Grizzly Dude 72 in the chat says he gave $50. So we will uh, give you Ooh. a shout out now and then we'll add you into the uh, the next shout outs on the next episode. Remember, that's going to be on Monday, sometime between noon and 5 p.m. PST. So make sure to tune in there on twitch.tv slash Canary Cry Radio. Now, here's the other thing, folks. Remember, we've been doing this for a long time and we've got a lot of episodes. We've been doing a podcast for years. So remember to subscribe to the podcast. There's two different ones you got to remember. There's Canary Cry Radio, and you can find that on any podcast player. And there's Canary Cry News Talk, two separate shows. You should subscribe to both of them. Go through the back catalog. Lots of hours, hundreds of hours of easy listening with your buddies, Basil and Gons. Uh, learning all about the fringy stuff, some biblical prophecy stuff, some time travel, some space stuff. It's all, it's all there. It's all. Uh, it's, you're gonna want to catch up. Y'all gotta catch up. So it's there forever. If we ever get kicked off of uh, YouTube or Twitch or whatever, you want to be subscribed on a podcast player because uh, they'll keep coming out there. You got all sorts of fun stuff. So, thank you so much. I do want to mention again, because we had some people asking about it, uh, go to canarycry.com slash crypto. That's a great way to learn about the decentralized uh, internet and learn more about cryptocurrency and things like that. That's just a resource that Gon's put together for you. Um, So, make sure to do that. It's going to be very important as uh, control continues to uh, tighten its grip upon all of us, the decentralized internet will be an important thing in the future. So learn about that. 
Okay, now, again, if uh, you can support the show financially or with production, that is awesome. But if that's not in the cards for you, we totally understand. Another great way to support the show is just to tell your friends. Send an episode, uh, whether it be on Twitch or YouTube or something on the RSS feed. Uh, You know, you've got somebody in your life who's starting to wake up. And a great way to help them along is by sending them an episode of Canary Cry news talk or canary cry radio so make sure to do that it's a great way and uh you know it's it's a great way to walk right up to him grab him by the cage and then y'all know what to do you gotta shake it the end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted i want to shake things up stir up some controversy rattle a few cages Don't ever silence me. I'm the last angry man, a crusader for the little guy. Leave the bird alone. Never. Rattle a few cages. Rattle a few cages. The human race will have every opportunity to improve. And if they don't? Ask Noah. That's right. Just ask Noah. So make sure to tell your friends about the show. Word of mouth is the best way uh, to help grow the the show, and the list of producers. So thank you so much. Remember, patreon.com slash ccnt to support the show financially or canarycryradio.com slash support. Um, let's see. Remember, at the end of the show here, we're going to have a bunch of uh, great tunes, funny ones, good ones, uh, all sorts of good uh, stuff coming up on the Canary Cry playlist at the end of the show. So make sure to stick around and enjoy that. All right, everybody. I think that's just about it. Any last words, Gonzo? Nope. All done. Oh. Thank you, everybody. Okay. Appreciate you guys We're being here. We're all done. We're all done. We're getting out of here. So stick around. Playlist coming up next. Make sure to tune in on the next episode of Canary Cry News Talk. But until then, think outside the cage. Some controversy. I want to rattle a few cages. I want to rattle a few cages. I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence I'm me. I'm the last angry man. Oh, 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 I I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence I'm me. I'm the last angry man. A crusader for the little guy. Little guy. Little guy. Well, we'll see about that. Whatever, Illuminati. Don't let me go into the archives and find out what I told you. I tell you something. People call me everything under the sun, accuse me of lying, and everything else. I try to give you a heads up, I warn you, and then months later when I'm right, everybody forgets. I, I said this months ago. I said this months ago. I tried to tell y'all this is what was happening. I tried to tell you. Heads are going to roll. I tried to tell you. It's chaos. It's a mess. I tried to tell you. And nobody wanted to listen. Do y'all hear me now? Is it clear? I tried to tell y'all, it's getting ugly. It's a mess. I tried to tell y'all. I tried to tell you.
Nobody wanted to listen. And now you see folks scurrying. I mean, my I tried to tell you. You know how many times I'll say something months in advance and then it comes to, to, to fruition and then y'all forget I reported. See, they're going to have breaking news like it's news. You know what the news was today? I tried to tell you. But nobody wanted to listen. You are entering a dimension of sound. You carefully come in through the threshold with wonder, yet skepticism. You see the faint shape of an outline of a robot arm petting a cat. You faintly hear the haunting sounds of a man playing a tambourine. The sound augments into two men playing with a soundboard. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Stay a while and listen. And now, where Nephilim news meets biblical views, you'll find broken memes and shattered dreams. Give it up for Basil and God. In the future, humans will be confined in a people's zoo. People, I'll keep you safe and Keep the cameras on Zoo.